or Monterey's Coast or something. <laughs> or, or Cootie Rat Saving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't think that's One day they'll have secrets. One day they'll have dreams. Yeah. That's catchy. The Shadow Knows. You're doing that? <laughs> Your brother would have shot himself by now. What are you smiling at? Dude, I almost had you. Ah! Magnum. Holy moly. Oh, that night. Yeah, baby! That's what I've been watching! Jeez, I need this. Dear God. It's beautiful. Don't look. Listen. <laughs> alright, let's get started. Alright, alright. Here we go. Uh, okay. So good. So, if you're joining us from last time, we ended uh, about halfway through the movie. Uh, at the pivotal scene, if you've seen this movie more than once you would probably remember this scene because it's one of the best scenes in the movie it's kind of the turning point i would say in the plot uh so my hope uh, would be if someone has never seen the film this is the one scene they do remember that would be amazing i would love that Mm -hmm. i spend way too much time trying to get people to watch the movies that i like and sometimes i succeed and they don't like it so that's <laughs> Motivational. What does yeah. it say where this is? So we're gonna well, play it again for you now. System out. All right. Guys, I really think you should leave that thing alone. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to see something. Don't worry, Don. How is spelling CTEC? S E T E C CTEC. Special extraterrestrial earthling counter. Oh, so wait, two, four, five. And she begins to go, and this one bull turns around and looks oh, at me music. right so good. dead in my eyes. C-tech. What? C-tech astronomy. It's so good. I just love it when a man says that to me. C-tech doesn't mean anything. you guys no no here help me with this. Hey. Carl get the diagnostics Socrates, 
No, I... Okay, so. <laughs> Can I just you know make what? a request? <laughs> I, I want to treat the, the music for that scene separate from the other parts. Can we do like the the everything but the music until af after we unpack this scene? Yeah, fine with sure. that. Yeah, all right. Uh, it's it. Yeah, I I agree. It's it's so good. So I am I'm sure all of us will be very happy to do that. <laughs> you know, I had a funny thought was while we were listening to this scene, I was like, the next time I make a password, I'm gonna make it like my Socrates note or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> or Monterey's coast or something, <laughs> uh -huh. or cootie rat semen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't think that's it. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a shame that this is just audio, too, because that scene is so good to watch. Oh, Visually, man. it's fantastic. It's like one of the... Like we were talking about last time, Nathan, that you brought up, the shots. The shot where everything is reflecting in Whistler's glasses. Yeah. And again, there's colors, like, reflecting on the characters in the movie with, like, close-ups of, like, Whistler's mouth and stuff. Um, just mm -hmm. the shots going over the Scrabble board. Oh man! Yeah. That oh, last, yeah, the slowly that panning. last pan of the camera, yeah. because mm -hmm. it shows you when he gets two figured out, and then many, but they don't they don't reveal secrets until they do the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just right. and like and I, I don't was, know what it was, but like when they first started doing the scramble to kind of figure out what words came out of sea tech astronomy i was like how in the world are they keeping that separate from all the other pieces like even when <laughs> that's what i always thought because <laughs> he doesn't push the rest of them out of the way yeah i was like he I does a little bit really keep track of that <laughs> not not Just enough barely. Like, oh, i would definitely be pulling in other letters and stuff yeah i know myself i would like let's move these way off uh-huh make sure i'm just working with these you know <laughs> Well, and he's like, asks for her help. He's like, Liz, he's like, can you help me with these? And she like starts pushing him out of the way, but it's like not far enough away. <laughs> like, get him off the board. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that she helps him with it, you know? Uh huh. Like, she's got a good affect uh, in the whole scene, you know? She, they're telling this story. They've stopped playing the game, and he's like honing in on, you know, C Tech. Yeah. But right. I like. He sort of checked out of their conversation. Right. 
but but she just humors him, and I think it speaks to their yeah. relationship, even though it's like not on perfect terms at that moment, you know. They yeah. kind of, they all kind of humor him. Like, if that were me, I'd be like, "Wait, I had something really good going there in that game." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just destroyed the whole Scrabble's game. over. He's like, "Oh, just because like, you weren't winning." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we can't have strawberries in the fruit salad. So, yeah, we so we all lose. So, a few of the, a few of the more general notes about this scene. I, I like how um, you've got two different centers of action going on. You have the Scrabble board, and then you have Whistler. And at first yeah. it's just Whistler, right. and then it's Whistler and Carl, and then one of the next times he hand back, Mother is giving him a hand, right? Mm-hmm. That like, so what's cool about it to me, and then you have you have uh, uh, Martin working on the puzzle, and then Liz is helping him, and they don't really show it, but you can tell that Crease is because they're they don't they don't talk anymore. They've stopped talking, so they're paying attention, so they're engaged in what he's doing, trying to figure this out. And so right. it's like as the tension in the scene is escalating, you have the escalation of involvement at these two centers of action. Yeah. Yeah. And then the how they're keep on asking them if certain things mean things. Like does Monterey's coast mean anything to you guys? And they're like you can tell they're busy setting something up, but they like look and they're like uh no. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but I love Carl but, and Whistler's interaction there. Like they're yeah. reading it like extraterrestrial. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I I love but they're how, just buddies. <clears throat> I love how um, Whistler has this. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it, but when uh, when Crease is like, guys, you really should leave that thing alone. And he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> that like uh-huh. way yeah, yeah. in his voice. <laughs> It's so it's like you caught uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> so good. You're right. It sounds like a yeah. little kid. Like, yeah, I know. I I knew it was a bad idea. You're like, <laughs> why why are you doing it then? But he, but he keeps doing it. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. We will. We'll stop in a second when <laughs> yeah. we, we no, finish what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I then, was thinking like, oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say I like later that like. Um, when things get a little heavy in that scene where they've like hacked into some stuff and it's Kreese is like you can see he's getting antsy and he's about to tell them to stop and then uh, and what is his name? Bishop. Marty. Yeah he's like no it's like no 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 like, he's I, like, hang on, wait. Hang on, like we have to see yeah. this. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. I was just gonna say I like how it's a Scrabble board that is like solving this mystery. Like, I, I just feel like it, mm. if you tried to make this movie today, that could it could be cheesy, but for some reason, it like works really well in this movie that they're mm-hmm. like solving the puzzle and mm. that it lands at the same time as like a, the realization on the computer. It's just like so perfectly done. I don't know how they did that, but it, I guess that's one of the things that makes this movie so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's a good point. So about the shot, I, I love the focus on the tiles, but there are some really nice. You get a close up when Whistler is first kind of physically examining the box. Mm-hmm. It's fairly zoomed in, and then the way that they they frame Pewter in the background when Mother is checking contacts on the close up of the box mm-hmm. is really just like sharp. Like it's it's so it's so good because it's 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 just like it's visually it's just it's adding the visual depth to those shots that you're experiencing as the viewer emotion as you're like okay something is going on big yeah it adds to the the intensity yeah it's just so curated yeah yeah i like i I said before with all of this 
there's very artistic and very calculated camera shots in this entire movie and that scene is just like highlights that yeah yeah I think it speaks point. to in the special features they talk because they wrote the script for like 11 years they talk about they like would pass it back and forth between the writers and by the time they went to film it they had so many different drafts leading up to their you know working draft which still got edited like by the day but um they mentioned like if if the actors sometimes they would be like well what if my character said this and they'd be like well actually we tried that in this draft and it, it just didn't really work <laughs> like they, they just like honed it and you know chiseled away at it and it's just like that's it's, funny it's just so good because they cared about it and worked on it for so long you know i, I feel like i can't believe 11 years yeah. That is just insane. 11 or 9, I can't remember. Anyway. They really took their time with that. Like they Yeah. This must have been their like like their baby, you know. Yeah, definitely. Another I, thing I wanted to point out about shots is um I like that we see a close up of the braille terminal. Yeah, that yeah. is cool. In the same way that in the first scene we see that you know, Whistler was looking at a Braille version of a magazine just because it like we know we the audience know he's blind, but the fact that they show, well, this is how he's getting this information. Like, this is how he's getting the information from the computer. It just lends such credibility to, like, you don't have to work to believe how he's doing that as as a character in the film. You know, because you're like, oh, he's he's reading Braille, right? You don't have to figure it out. So they're... Right. They're enriching, you know, your understanding because you don't have to work to figure out, well, how on earth does he know what's going on on the computer if he's blind? They just tell you so you can you can be like on the same journey as him being like, what on earth is this thing? Yeah. And they don't make it look like they're going out of their way to explain that. It's just part of the shot. And I think (laughs) that it actually adds to it because of the noise that the machine is making. Yeah. That. Yeah. And like his little, like even his little, like tactile, like feeling around with his fingers, like that. I don't know why, but the, even that's well done, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I could watch those fingers dance all day long. I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that it's cool that even like how the technology is so old at this point, yet this movie is so timeless. Still, you can still be like following it and be like so involved in this, like what they're discovering. You know, right. I'm just thinking like it would look a lot different today. They made that. Yeah, definitely. So I looked up the cinematographer. His name is John Lindley. And he did some of the same uh, films that the director directed. So I think he kind of like stuck with, um, I can't remember what the original director's name is. Phil Alden Robinson or something? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he like did Field of Dreams. So I'd love to watch Field of Dreams and see like how the shots compare, you know, since he's the same the same cinematographer. Yeah. Or I like think... some of all fears or even like the core. Yeah, I would like to as well. That's a good yeah, point. I mean, off the top journey. of my head, like there's like a similar kind of vibe that some of the scenes in this movie have in the pretty much any time the, the docs. Oh, I can't remember the character's name, but the old guy that he goes to see eventually, whenever that theme it plays. Filled the dreams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like mysterious, especially when he like uh, finally goes to see him. Right. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, have to watch Field totally of Dreams again. It's such a good movie. It's a good one, yeah. <laughs> and the music is amazing. So good. Full just like in this movie, you know? Uh-huh. So two other things that I wanted to call out from, from this scene, because uh, at this point, well, three things. Okay, so um, the the first is I like the delay 
in Whistler's voice reaction to what we see on the reflection of his glasses. I mm -hmm. mean, that's just perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And it makes yeah. sense because, like, the way that information is being translated to his Braille pad, it takes him just a fraction longer, you know, to pick up on what's happening. So, like, the, the way that they captured it in that way and he did delivered his performance is just phenomenal. And it makes me wonder if they actually had him practice feeling the Braille and if it did, in fact, feel substantially different to him and that's what he reacted to versus, you know, practice i don't know but like it's just perfect mm -hmm. that that delay the timing in that scene is spot yeah. on with everything i don't know yeah. how they do that they now. really know how to build the suspense you know mm -hmm. the the second point is i love how once he's rearranged the tiles and he's he's got his hand on his forehead when he finishes the final tile like like the shot is just on on martin and then he leans back and he had he has this moment of realization that you see on his face before the camera and does the zoom across of the scrabble tile so I, that's just great like emotional mm -hmm. you know right yeah and, and then up to this point like all we know is like something significant has happened, but we really don't know what it's capable of. That's the second half of the scene. But just the fact that right. you can get so invested emotionally by just the way that they've woven these pieces together. It's just, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. that's having said nothing about the music. I feel like we should probably, for anybody, if anybody ever listens to this podcast, we should probably say what happens in a scene, actually, because they heard uh, it. What yeah. Do you think? Well, I think it's a good idea. Basically, there's people sitting there, Liz and Martin and Kreese and his wife, and they're playing Scrabble. And they're just playing a normal game of Scrabble until Martin picks up on C-Tech astronomy not meaning anything. At the same time, Whistler and Mother Carl. and Carl, Carl start plugging in this black box that they just stole from Janik, and they start finding yeah. out what the box is capable of but which is like the master code breaker yeah this box yeah but they don't really know that until they don't after. really know that but liz has kind have kind of suggested it when they were listening to jan that that janik had for these really complex and uh, encrypted systems he had found a way to break these these codes that were unbreakable supposedly and i think the reason why right. Crease is so nervous is because he's the only one that's worked in government and he yeah. I think knows if the probably understands yeah what's going on with that black box and what that means for security and stuff yeah right the significance of it mm -hmm. that's a good point and it's I think it's significant or it's it's cool that they pay attention to, to their own details enough that mother is the one that starts going on the terminals because that's kind of his strong suit anyway right mm -hmm. right like he's like this tech yeah. guy and so whistler calls him over to start like okay can you connect to this terminal i want to see what what it's doing in this terminal and then they he hits the one terminal yeah and it's it's so cool i feel like whistler is saying what we are thinking because there's not much going on like on the screen it's showing what code is in that terminal and then all of a sudden you see right. this wall of gibberish just flashing by the screen and i like how it goes away and then he's like whoa, 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 whoa what was that and then you you know yeah just like a little well, tease 
<laughs> well, you know, I, I talk to my students about this, actually, that suspense is built through, you know, leaving your, leaving the audience with a little bit of knowledge, but just like enough that they just can't wait to find out what happens, mm-hmm. you know, and they just do that so many times in this, in this scene, mm-hmm. you know, so that, like Josh was talking about, it's like perfectly woven that you're like, you're on edge, just yeah. waiting. You know, yeah. but like they didn't have to do that much to get you there. It's it's you're, it's executed so well. And, and what seals the deal is the music. Yeah, so I was just gonna yes. say that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think is this the first time in the movie that you have like the pounding on the piano? Well, it's it's does the bum 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 does well that plays later, doesn't it? Not yeah, in the clip I think it I might have. be. I think, I think, I think you're, you're right. right. Yeah. I think it's the first time that it adds the intensity of the music with the piano banging and like the drums or whatever that is that's thumping to the movie. We hear it a lot after this. The glockenspiel? Yeah. Yeah. But we have I mean, I think Curtis was right. And he, yeah. That's a good point. He, like Curtis was saying, like, this is the turning point of the movie. And even the, even the music reflects that. Mm-hmm. And I think last time I was talking about how it seems like they, they keep going a little bit out of their realm of like familiarity, right? They mm-hmm. they just kind of get more like in deeper yeah. than they are expecting to. And this is kind of one of those moments where they're like, okay, we stole this box for for these government guys so that we can get the money and kind of you know like they're they're celebrating Christmas and mm-hmm. just kind of like hanging out. And then all of a sudden they realize like the significance of what they've done. And yeah. it just kind of like shows that they are in deep. Yeah, and that follows anyway, after, after the, you get the reveals of the of them testing it. Yeah, but, you can yeah. see it on their faces at the at the end of this scene. Like they look like I don't know, like children that have been caught with something. I don't know. Like they look terrified and like I don't I don't know how to describe the look on their faces. You know what I mean? Yeah. But because they're not bad people and they realize how much how serious the situation is, how much damage this box can do. Yeah. You know? Well I think so the the music follows that, I think. Like thematically. Like it's mysterious and it's melodic and then all of a sudden it's it's like you know? Well it's rhythmic and it's it's scary i talked about escalation how you know you get more people helping in the whistler corner you get more people helping in the martin corner and then they start like cross collaborating well the music you start with just the simple piano line and then it brings in i think it's an oboe the it's a woodwind instrument Mm -hmm. and then you get the strings coming in right and and then you start getting the the percussive piano and then you get the other percussion so like you've got this escalation of intensity through the music by like the fact that it's going from just a single instrument, you know, and gradually adding more instruments. Right. I just love it when a man says that to me. See, tech doesn't mean anything. Yeah, just... <laughs> you get me uh, some oh, cable. That's so good. And, uh... Oh, and the vocals. Yeah, you get yeah. the vocals added huh. in there too. Oh, yeah. yeah the diagnostics. And then as it pans over the too many secrets you got that uh-huh. that da, da, da. yeah oh. and, and since There's... we were waiting to talk about the music i didn't say it but did you notice that the timing of the braille machine actually like matches the music like in yes. a way yes yeah, it's it's like a it's like part of the music itself, the sound yeah. effect of the mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good amazing. Point. And I don't know I if that's how Braille James Horner's like, Can you put that in there? <laughs> Can you make that Yeah. 
Like, but it's a little too fast. Slow it down just a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we really like this movie, if you can't tell. Yes. <laughs> so I wanted to uh I wanted to yeah. quote from Phenomenon when he says, you know, I feel like a George I feel like a child, George. I'm scared. I feel like a child, George. I feel scared. Me too. <laughs> I feel like that's that's them, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's well, so the Josh. scene doesn't go into it, but or the recording that we just played, but they start using this black box to hack into secure websites. Like, um, I can't remember what they hacked like into the, first. Uh, it's dial-up, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's um, Culpeper, Virginia. It's the uh, National Treasury. Yeah, is it the so National Treasury? So the first thing first? that they do is the it's a Federal Reserve note. That's okay. it. Oh, and then there's like the I, power I, grid. And- just because I have the scene up and I, I was watching it before we started, um, I forgot because we've only done this like first half because that's when the suspension builds and then the second half of the scene is when we really get the full reveal but i like that um whistler is like uh bish i think you better come over here right like he's like okay it's time it's time that we like process this together mm-hmm. and that's when that's when it comes together and that's when they start testing it so like it doesn't have they don't start checking those sites separately they're like you need to come see this we're going to show that this actually does what we thought yeah. it might do mm-hmm. and they, they've seems they've had some conversation that uh, i don't know to what depth but like this box that they've stolen is supposedly it can break codes right so i like right. that whistler's just like give me the number for the what's it called josh federal reserve the treasury the federal reserve and it's is that what dial up is i like i'm I'm a child of the 90s, but I never had to use dial-up, so I don't really know. So I actually have a little bit of experience with this. I don't know, Nathan, if you remember in the early 90s. Um, so dial-up internet was your modem, but there was a time before like dial-up internet where you could, um, it, it would, I feel like it was a, it, it would come in the newspaper and there would be all these different extensions. And if you would dial up one of the numbers and co- and connect it would take you basically just to that website hmm. yeah and they were like forum pages mostly they weren't you know like modern websites right but this was before like uh, uh what was it aol online became mm-hmm. a big thing and then yeah. like yahoo and all of that but like it, it, i i experienced it as like a a, a, a a teenager who was aware aware I can't speak <laughs> as a teenager who was aware enough to like be like hey this is a thing it felt mm-hmm. like it was like three weeks I don't know like it was so brief because then all of a sudden you could connect to a browser <laughs> and and do like searches mm-hmm. keyword searches and navigate to pages like that yeah but yeah. this was like direct to a page through a dial-up number and so what every time I see this it reminds me of that very it, it was probably more than three weeks but like in my memory it was such a small window of time that was how you interacted with the internet yeah Yeah. right it's it's pretty similar to how he connects to the systems and war games it's kind of the way i understood it and this is from the software engineering bit that i did in my in my major um because we had to learn about computers basically they're just a bunch of um nodes on a network so it's like an ip address i would say is the equivalent mm-hmm. today or because you can connect if you t- if you go to your web browser on a computer and you have like a printer 
or something, or even your router. Like you can connect to your router. You could go into your web browser and you type in your router's IP and it'll open whatever interface the, the company that made the router has created for you to edit, you know, settings for your Wi-Fi. So that's kind of how I understood it. I just, I didn't know for sure because like I said, I've never used it. So I'm glad that you have experience with that, Josh, albeit small. And I don't remember it at all. So, <laughs> yep. Very good. But well, anyway, I, so yeah, they start I, I really hacking. Like, yeah, they start hacking into these different websites, which are of course encrypted or encoded, so that people can't just get on and mess with stuff. And Janik's little black box breaks the code, so that they could actually do things on those websites or whatever you want to call them. And that's when yeah, like how really Carl starts says, freaking out. You won't get in. Yeah, yeah won't get in. It's yeah. encrypted again, just because I have it. <laughs> in front of me visually to describe it for anyone listening they'll dial up the number and then the on this monitor a site will display but it looks like gibberish you know yeah and then when they touch the contact to the black box then it like deciphers it and all of a sudden you have a menu you can interact with or you have a visual layout of power grid or whatever looking at yeah so right. at each point they connect to the page it's gibberish they connect it to the box and it decodes it. And that's the like, aha. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is like the yep. national, you know, money, money website. <laughs> and then when, like, yeah, it's supposed to be secure. When they Whistler, get in in like two seconds, when he, when they go to the, um, the airplane, uh, <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and Whistler's like, you know, who wants to crash a few passenger jets? That's when Kreese is like, turn that thing off. And then they shut it yeah. down. <laughs> right. And, and I he's kind of joking. Like, that. It's yeah. Like, he would never ever do that in a million years, you know. Yeah, but Crease is like it, he can't it, handle that. It's like it's like the kid yeah. who's got a glass of milk near the edge of the the countertop or something, and you're like, you're gonna knock yeah. that off, you know? Like, just move the cup or whatever. Yeah. Or it's right. like because uh, I watched this the other day. It's like uh, Kurt Russell and Stargate when the one alien kid goes for his gun. And he's like, no, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. touch that. Yeah, danger. <laughs> no. Dangerous! It freaks out. Uh (laughs) But I love also when they shut the power down or when they turn the whole system off and they're all just sitting there contemplating it all, how the music just has like the ticking. Like all the music is faded out and it's just that ticking for that moment of silence. And and yeah, everybody's just kind of sitting there. Some are looking at their feet. They're all Mm -hmm. kind of like a little... I don't know what the right word is, but they, they all have to pause, like almost like yeah, yeah, overwhelmed at what they've discovered, and uh, yeah, it's 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 good. Yeah, and the scene ends with uh, Carl says, "So it's a code breaker." And then Marty, <laughs> Marty's saying, "It's the code." And then yeah. he follows it up with one more line that brings the scene full circle: "No more secrets." No more secrets. Mm-hmm. It's like this is where we would have a commercial break if, if we were sponsored by anyone. <laughs> yeah. If you want to sponsor us, <laughs> let us know. So then, Crease, who understands exactly what this means for national security, but not only for national security, but for their own security at that point, is like grabs a gun and he's like, All right, we're all spending the night here. And Liz is like, No, I'm going home. <laughs> Yeah, because the handoff is yeah. in the is in the morning, you yeah. know, just in a few hours, he's gonna go give it to those government guys. Although I want to say, Crease, Crease's uh, family was able to leave. Did they leave before this whole incident? 
No, well, the reason why Liz stays is because he said she's the only one who knew Martin's true identity. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. And she no. doesn't like that because then that takes away basically all of the trust that they have with her. Like, oh, thanks for the trust, guys. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's like, I'll relax when we get that thing out of here. And I like yeah. how we don't hear. We know, like, we really do know. We've seen it that Crease is not. Uh, he's very uncomfortable with this whole situation. Like he was before, and he definitely is now. Yeah. And it, it's not until Liz tries to leave, and Marty's like, "What? Why aren't you letting her leave?" And then he's like, "There isn't a government on Earth that wouldn't kill us all for that thing." Right. And you're like, "Gosh." Oh my gosh. <laughs> And then Kreese just looks like he stays up all night checking his gun to make sure that it would work in case somebody mm-hmm. busts in. I don't think anybody was sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of amazing no, because of not. what happens in the handoff scene. Yeah. I was just going to say I love that Liz still maintains her, her sense of humor, though, when she finally does get to leave in the morning. I really enjoyed <laughs> sleeping with all you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and That's he, like... <laughs> He's like handing her coat, trying to put it on her, and and she's just not having any of it. She's like, "Look, we finally got to a mm-hmm. place in the relationship, and now you do this. Uh, just leave me alone." Yeah, but at the same time, I think she's she understands. It's almost like she's like, "This again." Yeah, he's oh, like, well, "Can on. I call you?" And she's like, "Just be safe." Yeah, I wonder yeah. too if um if she knew his identity, right? I wonder if he told her what happened. You know, I don't know. Like if she yeah. has any idea what would happen if somebody found out who he was, because maybe she knows about Cosmo and how he went to prison for 13 years and to their knowledge died in prison. Like, well, in the scene before, it seemed like she reacted as much as anyone. To that. That's what I'm thinking is I feel like she might have some sort of inkling that this is a serious situation. I feel like she might be the Marty. only one in his life who knows things about him. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I guess we can move on to the next scene, the handoff, right? Yeah. So, um, so we get some cool, uh, San Francisco scenery in this. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of refreshing because I mean, every movie nowadays is shot in Georgia or LA, Chicago, or sh- Chicago, or like San Francisco is a cool city. When you see it, you're like, oh, that's, I mean, well, that's San and, Francisco. And it's, it's also like San Francisco today doesn't look like that either. So it's it's part of yeah, the time like capsule the nature. The of the that's true. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. So we got Crease and we got Martin going to the handoff place, which looks like a semi-busy public meeting place with tables and stuff. And he walks but up. But nobody else is there. There was like yeah. a lady there at the All start, and then she weird. leaves or something like that. Yeah. Anyways, he walks up to the this table. Is early in the morning. Yeah. yeah. He walks up to the table, and they're like, "Do you have it?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he hands it to him, and they open it, and they find it, and and they look like weirdly pleased. I want to say like, if this was just their job, you know, I yeah. feel like they'd be like, "Okay, thank you." But they're like, "Oh yeah, we got it," you know. <laughs> and then they <laughs> they grab a briefcase. And set it up on the table and then like barely open it enough to get their hand in there. And Crease yells from the car or oh, looks the, in the car. Yeah. The music the, does the, the paper whole... sitting on the back seat. Yeah. He looks in the back so, seat and Janik is on there. Has been. And it's his like murder has been like posted yeah. in the newspaper. Yeah. Right. Josh. I, I was just going to say that's that's where like, you know, if he did stay up all night, he was sharp enough to still observe from a side-eyed glance, just a quick glance, 
uh, where he noticed the newspaper and saw, oh my gosh, like yeah. we stole this from this guy and now he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just feel so safe that Kreese is in the gang too, especially in moments <laughs> like this. <laughs> you know? well, and like, it makes you wonder like who killed him if they had already stolen the box. Right. Was it those goons or mm-hmm. did uh, the lady affair did she kill him <laughs> like she yeah, said you could, you could <laughs> assume <laughs> well yeah, that's the, the article who killed him the article says arson suspected right oh yeah I, right I don't remember well that's but, when they go to find the building well so he uh right he sees that they're doing a handoff and as they're reaching into the briefcase to grab something priest is like martin telephone call yeah, the music just and, uh, he's like yeah 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 he's yeah. like yeah 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 don't it's worry about it. your mother. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like basically warning Marty to get out of there because they might kill him too. He, he's now thinking they are the ones that killed Janik yeah. and they are not who they said they were. So they're looking at him like, so, and he's like, um, she's old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then he walks back to the car and he gets there and he's like, I didn't get the money. He's like, get in the car. He's like, what? I didn't he's get like, the money. Janik's dead yeah get so in the car i i may i wondered when wow. i rewatched it i just love the I way he like, says that word <laughs> yeah is that shorthand like is that a code for them yeah or did he just think too. of it on the fly mm-hmm. i i i think that he's re- i mean he's obviously referring to mother right he's like, got to because like if he had to flee he probably doesn't talk to his mother if she's even still alive yeah that's a good point i never thought about that like why would his mother be calling him yeah, like, so he he, he has knows run that... away from his old life completely, you know. Yeah, right. Then My the other thing is like he's trying to make him think that mother is actually on the phone, and oh. so he's like, "Why would mother be calling? Like, this mm-hmm. must be like serious, or he's making it up and for a reason. I need to go down there, you know." Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that there is a phone, yeah, in the car, car phone yeah. <laughs> with a with a <laughs> cable, uh-huh. yeah, you know. Well, the, but that's how car phones were. Right, I just, like you it's see just it, funny. you see it in um, Seinfeld in some of the early Seinfeld episodes. Mm-hmm. But this he is in like an phone. old Volkswagen carbon gear or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so it was like a it was it was a aftermarket thing that you could put mm-hmm. in the car. Yeah, right. But to me, it just suggests that, like when I watch when I actually was like, oh wow, this is 1991 and he has a car phone. It just suggests to me that he's like he's an early adopter of tech. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. he's on the frontier oh, yeah, uh, of tech, which is kind of cool, and it makes sense given like the kind of work he does. Like to our right. eyes now, it doesn't seem highly sophisticated, but it probably you know was a little more attention getting at the time. Yeah, yeah. So that he gets in the car, they it's... they speed off, and those guys like stand up, like they're getting ready to chase him, and that's yeah when they're like. And I feel like as the audience member, if we didn't trust Crease before, not that we had any reason not to, but. I like that like Martin is like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but obviously I need to get over there right now and see why he's telling me my mother is on the phone. Mm-hmm. you know and then as soon as he gets in the car like you said then they like jump up and you're like whoa maybe they had a gun in that briefcase you know yeah <laughs> like right <laughs> you don't know what they were gonna do yeah yeah and then he pulls the newspaper up and he's like janik's dead and he's like that's the nsa doesn't kill people who are those people and he's yeah. like well there's one way to find out and they go to the building where martin met with them and there's and a gone. cool scene like they pull up to it and the building's demolished it's gone and then you got that homeless guy that was sitting out front 
He's like, the government took away my home. And it just, the shot pans from the wrecked building over to the homeless guy's face. And just another cinematically cool shot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I also, like, we are realizing when Kreese says, um, two guys show up, uh, claim they're NSA, and you just buy it. You know, this this is in the next scene when they're back yeah. at the law. How can you be so stupid? But I, it humanizes Martin. Because, like, um, you He's know. He's not perfect. Yeah. To, to kind of draw, uh, <laughs> this this is, I, I wasn't planning this. This just popped into my head. But in the same way that um, uh, when Captain America learns that Bucky's alive, you know, he freezes up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. when, when Martin, when these guys are like, Mr. Bryce. And they're like, they know who I am. All of a sudden, he's like instantly in in like survival mode, mode. Yeah. survival mode. And so like yeah. he just accepts Fix their... this problem. So it, it just makes him so real because because yeah. like that, oh yeah, I I would totally do the same thing. Like I wouldn't go into this analytical right. space. Like you you experience the emotion first, and then maybe if you have some time to process it, maybe. But like it's totally reasonable that he did put so much trust in. It in them in their story yeah right and yeah. i mean they knew who he was it's like either they're the government or something else is happening he he wouldn't have thought like someone else knows about me right it's cosmo that knows about him yeah it's yeah. not you know some rando it's either the government found out who he was or i mean nothing else that he can think of but it's actually cosmo the one person who would know about him mm-hmm. well then he starts to suspect uh the russian guy but we learned something oh right away in what? that scene when uh crease is like on the phone trying to figure out what's going on and you got mother who's also calling and trying to figure out what's going on and increases like janix grant is from the nsa and mother's like that building is right. scheduled for demolition they never even had an office in san francisco or whatever and they start all yeah, the west coast office office in LA. Yeah. yeah right so then you learn that like Janik was actually funded by the NSA, so why would the NSA be trying to steal the box from him? And so that's when they start wondering, well, who right. are these people who wanted to steal this? And that's when you see Martin with the card, and he's like kind of tapping it. He's like, I'm going to see a friend. Can I just talk about that moment just for a second? Yep. Mm-hmm. I just no. I love <laughs> I love the way they filmed that. Like it's one of those one of those shots, just a small moment. But they're like they're like, where are you going? And he's loading the gun, or he's spinning the, you know, the revolver. And then he mm-hmm. basically, I, I can't remember if it shuts or he, like, closes it. But at that moment, he's like, going to see a friend. And it's like, he closes it, but then you hear, from, like, a violin, you know, uh-huh. or from, from the orchestra. And I just, yeah. just like, I don't know, it's so perfect. Like, going to see a friend. And then he's at the, the symphony. It's just, like, a perfect moment. Mm-hmm. Does he say he's going to see a friend or that he's going to a concert? Oh, I think that's he says right. he's oh, going to a concert. He's but, going uh, to a concert. Yeah, that's right. Like, why are you bringing a gun to a concert? <laughs> like, why yeah, are yeah, you going like, to a concert so, right now? Funny. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, like, now. Like, you could get killed right now. Or like, you know, almost as if he's going to go, you know, enjoy himself or something, you know, I'm going to a concert. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but then he he's does, holding the gun. He does tell him to pack up everything and get out of there, basically. Yeah, but then yeah, they're like, where are you going? Going to a show. Yeah. <laughs> and again i've noticed i, love that. I, I do put love that fake in my notes where it like the camera shot was of the musical instruments like right when it does that and then oh, yeah. like the close-up of the gun going into the back of uh what, what is his character what is that character's name again i can't remember what his name is gregor Gregor, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Gregor. Gregor. And it's like the gun sticks into his side right as the music is like, dun again. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. perfect timing. 
And he he plays coy at first. Marty, have then, you gone mad? You, yeah. Have you lost your yeah, mind? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> but then it turns out he does know what Martin... He knows about the box. That's probably why he was at Janik's thing, honestly. Yeah, and he yeah, actually because, admits, he's like, your codes are completely different than ours, so you know that we would want that box. Yeah, Lord knows I wanted it, but we didn't, like, we didn't kill Janik, and we didn't still, like, we're not involved in this. Mm-hmm. He's like, right. well, who is then? Yeah, and I like how he doesn't give him any more explanation. He He's just like, I can't talk to you about this anymore right now. We need to go somewhere else. And then he kind of repeats that later. Yeah, he goes to his pr- probably, like, armored, you know, transport limo and they're driving around <laughs> looking at the box uh-huh. with a bunch of ex uh russian uh or no operatives. they're looking at uh he has like he has like binders right yeah he's going through old files mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's right I'm trying to figure out who who the men could have been and they're like binders full of people that like worked in government in the united states that yeah rogue had agents. drinking problems gambling problems uh marital problems anybody they think they could could have turned to help with their cause in the cold war mm-hmm. two, two things about the scene um before we can keep going with the limo but one <laughs> when i rewatched it i was like this chick that's with gregor like she has no business being because <laughs> <laughs> he's old and ugly and she's hot she, well she's like 30 years <laughs> younger than him like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Probably. he's not he's not like super rich. I don't know. Like I was just like, what? Um it's kind of funny. <laughs> that was more comical. I was just like um but then the Nathan talked about this when we talked about the shots, but I love how the steam is and coming Taylor. off the water and you get this yes. wide view of oh, the yeah. underground pool. And you just see their silhouettes mm-hmm. and the light, like the there's lighting in the pool. Yeah, the that's what pools look like with all the lights off, yeah. It's a soft, like blue glow shining through the the steam yeah, in great. some weird basement pool. So good. So okay. So then they, yeah. Go ahead. They find as they're looking through the old files, they find the old guy, um, Richard or, or whatever his name is. Barty. Barty. Buddy. 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 Yeah. Buddy. Buddy Wallace is the. <laughs> Alias he recognizes the kid him. from yes. the fan club. Oh, yep. Buddy. He's like, that's Buddy. him. And he's like, Buddy. Oh. And he like, yeah, and then he just shuts who he it is and, and he doesn't tell yeah. him. It's so weird. It's just like, no, he reads who he's working finger. for. Oh, that's what it is? Yeah. yeah. So, oh, he, knows and he doesn't because, tell Because Marty kept it, saying, so. he's, he's like, who is he working for? And he's like, would you like the protection I could provide you in the car? So, Gregor might know who Marty is, too. Isn't that where he says, you disappeared well, once, my friend? I suggest you do it again. Yes. Yeah. So, so I just realized that Gregor knows about that as well. Well, Gregor doesn't know <laughs> about, about how Liz is uh, the only one who knows. I don't know that he does. I just know that he knows that he works for that family group and that they don't. Yeah, but he knows laws. Marty has disappeared. He knows he's run from yeah. the law before for some reason. Oh yeah. Yeah, I get. To what the you're extent saying. we don't know, but he's suggesting that he knows that Marty. Yeah. You know, left an old life or something. Yeah. And I just love how he just, they're kind of, I mean, it's not a casual car ride, but they're just kind of chatting. And then he reads Barty's buddy, sorry, buddy's paper, shuts the book and no explanation. I think you need to go into hiding. You need to run again. He's uh, like, what? And then like the lights of the cop car turn on behind him and he's like, your government is such a pain in the ass. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, you do have to, you 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 have
Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, I can and, offer uh, you protection in this car. Yeah, I can offer you asylum. Yeah. It's part of the yeah. embassy or something. Mm-hmm. And so then the window rolls down and so it's this cop-looking figure. Yeah, and it's kind of suspect because if he was a real cop, he probably wouldn't be like, get out of the vehicle. Well, right and not only that, but he knows who he is. He right? opens the door. Well, yeah, he's too, like, yeah, Mr. Bishop, would you step out of the car? Yeah. Yeah. So he already knows. And like, why would a cop know who Miss, like who Martin Bishop is? Yeah. Right. And it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, they just, I like this film. It doesn't explain everything to you. You don't know why, yeah. the, who these guys are, why they know what they know, but you're just mm-hmm. uneasy. They yeah. make you feel, they do such a good job of making you feel uneasy. Yeah. And that's when he finds a gun, asks if it's loaded, yeah, they, puts on a glove. <laughs> is this yours? Yes. Yeah. Is this loaded? <laughs> is that yeah. loaded? Yeah, and then he yes. takes it, goes over to the and car, and shoots Gregor. The driver gets out and starts And the driver. the driver. Oh, yeah, the driver gets out. And then he gets shot, and then he sets the gun down and says, too many secrets. Yeah. And then Buddy... And then Buddy looks like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and another good shot, lighting... There's like a weird little twinkle in his eye, and that line is so creepy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's almost like they dubbed it in post too. Like it, it's almost like it doesn't even match up. Yeah, with he does his mouth. Yeah, it's almost a little uncanny. The way Too many secrets. It sounds. Yeah, I'm like, ah. Oh, <laughs> so then the next time, yeah. <laughs> well, then, buddy. <laughs> the next and... time we see Marty. Oh no, go ahead. Uh, buddy and, and Dick boy. get out of the car and walk up and knock Martin out with a gun to the head. Yeah. Yep. And Martin wakes up and quickly deduce that he's in the back of the vehicle. Uh, yeah. yeah. Trunk. Yeah. Which, can I just say, so it's not like they're like, and Marty is in a vehicle. You hear, you hear the noises that Marty later realizes he knows what a road sounds like. Yeah. And they and don't the need to point it out to you. But when well, they, cause they set, they set time with it. Like they didn't just show two yeah. seconds. They show about 40 seconds worth of him being in the car and uh-huh. yeah, he turns places. on his lighter to see yep. what he's... Yeah. It's dark yeah. and you hear the... Like the... And the... And when the brake lights yeah. are pressed, Without... it lights up Marty's face. Another one of those cool mm-hmm. shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like one of those things you never knew that you knew, but you know what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, it's the same way that they incepted the idea, you know, when Great they're word. reviewing the, the footage that they took of, of uh, Janik's office, when they keep replaying mm-hmm. yeah. Rishkoff's. I leave message for you, but you do not call. Yeah, right, like right. it's the same thing here, but with the just the ambient sounds of the road. Like you That's heard true. it, they did not allow the know. You heard it, but you weren't listening. Yeah, yeah. You know. And then they open Don't up look, the trunk. Listen. Ding. They see that he's awake, and they're like, "What are you doing up?" And oh. then they smack him in the face again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the next time he wakes up, he's inside. He's yeah. in this weird, weird room, just. It's, it's a strange. It, is it looks the like it's out most, of Star Wars or something. Yeah, sharks yeah. are it's swimming the most in the 90s looking room. Yeah. yeah. And he's and, on a bench that's like made out of woven metal or something. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's a really yeah, it's cinematic, like artsy shot of him laying on that bench and like right. the surrounding room. And you quickly deduce from just what's in that room that this is like a serious office. Like, it's a place that you probably don't want to find yourself in. Like the right. the bad guy's lair in Dr. No or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Like, what kind of psycho has sharks in his in his fish tank? Yeah. Well, and even bef- there's another shot, too, where you see uh, it's like 
a profile outline of of a couple of mobsters. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Backlit. But you know, like they're men with hats. But like then you come as events unfold in the scene, you're like, oh no, (laughs) that's like the mob, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, and then then they they have this reveal, you know, and it's a callback again to this this seemingly insignificant part in the first scene in the movie that you're like, I remember that, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh yeah. Like without so Cos- before he even says his name, you're like, is that that guy? Yeah, there's a figure yeah. that's backlit, so you don't see his face, and he walks up and he asks him if it hurt or something. Yeah, because he's got a big bump on his head because yeah. Buddy hit him in the head yeah. twice. And then he there's a p- product placement, one of the few product placements. He does the magic trick <laughs> and opens up his, his hand, pain? and yeah, there's the a Tylenol bottle. Yeah. I thought it was aspirin, wasn't it? Uh, it? Yeah, it is aspirin. Oh, Pain? yeah, it's aspirin. Try yeah. aspirin. Yeah, try aspirin. <laughs> and then he's like, Cosmo? Yeah. Or cause? Yeah, cause, because he did that at the beginning with the in a similar way. I mean, it wasn't exactly the same magician. Magicians don't come at me, but the same magic trip. But he does this little sleight of hand, you know, and kind of talks in the same way. Mm-hmm. And I that's I'm like, did he rehearse that, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, while he's waiting for him to wake up. to that moment so much he's like what am i gonna say I, I, yeah. maybe i'll say it like this i haven't seen it's this like guy in so uh, long oceans 11 when uh danny yeah. ocean gives uh rusty his little speech about why they should do the heist and he's like did you rehearse that yeah he's like you've been practicing that haven't you? you've been practicing yeah i rushed it a little bit felt like i rushed it right it's like no it was no, good no, it was good yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. so i i just love the actor choice ben kingsley like he just does such he's a good a job actor yeah in this you know he's just he's perfect he's so he's he's like sinister but also like i don't know it's almost like you're almost like happy to see him you know like almost like heartwarming yeah. to see him but then it's like he's got this look about him this like sly look you're like what is like what is going on why would you kidnap your friend you know knock him unconscious and then offer him aspirin and and act like his friend you know it's it's interesting Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's that's he's still the same cosmo he was at the beginning of the movie yeah he's this kind of frightened little boy he really hasn't grown like i i don't think he's really capable of hurting his friend honestly and I think maybe his whole plan was he missed his friend, like he wanted to get back together with him because well he I does because he he tries to pitch it yeah because I yeah. I was thinking about this just a couple minutes ago when we were talking about um how we were talking about the scene with the the two cronies where they reveal that they know who he is right but there's no reason that anybody would be looking for him until it happens in this scene. Um, basically he's like, you're wanted for murder now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it just, anyway, I, well, I don't know if I'm making so sense. When, when Martin rejects his offer and, yeah. and, and he's right. like, you know, you are. Yeah. Busy. So he <laughs> like, well, that's the thing is I think yeah. like, I think, I don't think uh Cosmo ratted him out. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Like it, well, it took the murder, the double murder for anybody to, to really be looking for him. Maybe he, I, I don't know. I just, I could see he might have not ratted him out because he's the big brother mm. in, in this relationship and he still kind of longs for his, uh, I don't know, approval, you know? Well, yeah. No no one would have been able to catch him for these murders until yeah. the end of this scene, you know, because his, his prints are attached to his old identity. Yeah. So it wouldn't have mattered. Well, when, um, when, when, 
Bishop is back with the crew, though, um, it's not revealed. It's different names are given for who the police think is the prime witness. Yeah. So, so even though he updated Martin's alias and implied that they would be found, they actually toss him a bone. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he wants to harm Marty. Not really. He wants him to join him. Yeah, yeah. he's trying to so pressure him into joining. Movie, you know, like he he's pretty excited at first and he's all telling him what happened mm-hmm. in jail and how he got hooked he up with these started friends working for the mob. Yeah. And how he's like, Oh, that's <laughs> just how my powerful day job. he has become. Yeah. 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 He's like, Oh, that's just not, that's just my day job or whatever. And he's like, we were going to mm-hmm. change the world, Marty. And then they go into yeah. that soundproof room and he starts telling him like, this is what I plan with this box. Like he's like, he's just doing the mafia thing or whatever to get by and have money and Pay stuff. He doesn't really care. <laughs> But he still wants to go back and do all those things that they were talking about, what they were doing at the start of the movie. And yeah. Martin's like, "Did we ever get around to actually changing the world?" Yeah, like now I can. Mm-hmm. And he's now like, I can, and he's kind of like, "I've already begun." And he's like trying to impress him. Yeah, maybe you've heard about a couple of them. Yeah, and then he's like, "You haven't gone crazy on me, have you, Cosmo?" <laughs> and Cosmo like <laughs> becomes like irritated, and he's like. Yeah. You have gone crazy. <laughs> yeah. And that's when he like Talking leaves about crashing like the whole system, no records of ownership. Yeah. And he's like, see, he's like, I couldn't it's... get in and change these records, but now that I have this little black box, I can go in. And he's like, and when the police find the gun tomorrow morning, they're going to chase it back uh-huh. to Martin Bryce. But they don't know who Martin Bryce is. But if there was an alias and he types in Bishop and he's like, don't do it, Cosmo. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. He's like, pain. And he's like... Uh huh. It's like try prison. Try prison. Try and then prison. he just slams the enter on the keyboard. <laughs> no more. So good. Buddy. Yeah. And then you got yeah. Buddy yeah. come in again and smack him in the head yeah. again. He's like, oh no. <laughs> just relax. No, he he chokes him out this time. Oh, he, he chokes gives him his out. head a rest. Yeah. Probably at uh, Cosmo's behest. He's like, don't hit him in the head again, okay? He's yeah. <laughs> he just, really yeah. wants to join me. I know it. You just, I just haven't convinced him of it yet. <laughs> yeah. But it's like he's never stopped thinking about this this prank, basically. Yeah. He right. thought it meant so much more. It's like when you in the movies, like, I've thought about you every day. I've waited for this moment. And then the other guy's like, I haven't given you any thought at all. Like, <laughs> you know, like Marty moved on and Cosmo didn't. He was like, really? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of sad, honestly. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Well, and and if he had just uh, if he See? had just disposed of Mar of Marty in this scene, then like none of the none of the events that transpired the rest of the movie that you know ruined Cosmo's plan would have happened. You know, yeah. like but he can't he can't help just thinking like you know I need Marty. I want Marty to join my team, even though well, he's like, but I'm I not doing that. I disagree a little bit that he. I don't think he wants Marty to win, like to join his team because he wants it. He wants to be the leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he wants, wants Marty to, win. to join because he wants to win. Yeah. Okay. Because that comes I back. That. that comes back. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's he, why he but... can't. That's why he doesn't want to kill Marty at that stage because, like, he wants to beat him. Yeah, he wants Marty right. to go to jail and suffer the way that he did. Yeah. Okay. I take it back. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's all right. Also, (laughs) in case anybody forgets this movie is in the 90s, we get a shot, I think in this scene, definitely later. You just, it's hard to notice. Blink and you miss it, but Cosmo has a a ponytail. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so does the redheaded crony. 
Yeah, you yeah. don't notice that. What's very up often. with these weird, slicked back little ponytails? It, it's a very they're hideous. Like the, I love them. It's a bad. It's guy. like the guy on uh, the fugitive. You know, the younger cops. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same look. Newman, <laughs> don't let him give you yeah. any shit about your ponytail. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> but then, so very the next scene man. is them dumping Marty off at the top of a road somewhere in San Francisco, yeah. and we get just this beautiful shot of oh. San Francisco and the, in and the, the early morning. Of the morning, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he's back at Liz's. And, yeah. he, like, the camera's circling around him as he's trying to get his bearings and stuff. Oh, it's just so good. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, it's... he shows up at Liz's and he's like, I've had a bad night. Yeah. And she just, like, <laughs> takes him in and you just feel like like she's his mom. Like, she's going to take care of him, you know? And yeah. again, with this, like, rapport, she's like... You look, you look great. He's like, yeah, and you, you look awful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just goes along with it. Like, mm-hmm. well, and but we get a real moment of sincerity from him that I think, yeah, creates understanding for the audience as why. Like, you know, he says, "I'm sorry," and she's like, "Oh, don't, you know, don't." He's like, "I'm sorry," and then she exhales and they embrace. Yeah, like, and, and she then, was... and then, she, like, so she's let her guard down, and so she finally, like, reveals, because she, she says, um, I heard about Gregor, blah, blah, yeah, blah, she blah. Was worried, sick, probably, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like probably, this, yeah. it's, it's the most vulnerable and the most authentic that she's been about how she feels about him. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the same for him. Yeah, he's being really vulnerable. Yeah. And And then he makes. It's such a beautiful little scene, visually and. uh, Oh, and the music, too. It's just like the soft piano. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a good, quiet little moment in this movie. Kind of just like. Because it was the hacking, like when they first turn on the box, it's just been going, 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 right? And then you just get this little breath mm-hmm. of, of vulnerability. To... You know, it reminds me of the scene in Phenomenon when she cuts his hair. Yeah. You know, yeah it gives like, the audience a chance to breathe. For a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, they in this movie, they didn't choose to put in some weird ham, ham hammy corny <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, good point. The song, mm-hmm. still a really good scene. Phenomenal. No disrespect. <laughs> so then he makes a phone call, and next thing we know, like the whole crew is showing up at Liz's apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got. She's on the phone out. with her mother. Like, it's not a good time, mother. You, <laughs> like her mom, you can't come over today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then they they contact the NSA agent. Abbott, who mm-hmm. wants the box, but he can't offer any safety until it's in Martin's possession. And he's what like, is... they're doing that trace, you know? Yeah, what does yeah, Whistler so say about really the trace? Moment. Well, so, because they want to... He says, like, it... I'm going to bounce it off of three satellites, relay it through 15 nodes. He's like, yeah, like know, it'll be the toughest the trace they've ever done. And yeah. the reason they're doing mm-hmm. that is because I think it's Crease that suggests, like, if they turn themselves in now with what they have, they might be able to cut a deal. But they're mm-hmm. like, we don't, we don't even have the box anymore. Like we yeah, have, they nothing. need to make, they need to make and sure that that's even an option, probably for murder. Right. And so let's make this call, but let's make it our way, like on our terms, so they can't trace us, and we can just deal. Mm-hmm. So they bring in all the equipment and they set up this whole thing so that Whistler can bounce this call like at thirty different places around the world. Yeah, and, and I thought <laughs> Which it was is cool. like impressive. The uh, camera views and stuff, yeah. again, that they use with this, like, they call the NSA, Flashing and it's like, faces and... 
Yeah, and it's like uh, directory, uh, director of operations. Like they're trying to get like a an extension, but he doesn't have a name. But as soon as he says Sea Tech Astronomy, then she's like, "Please hold," and that's when uh-huh. the trace her, her, starts. Her, yeah, and her demeanor totally changes too. Like mm-hmm. she's, "I'm sorry, I yeah. need an extension." And then when he says Sea Tech Astronomy, she's like, "One moment, please." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, just and, then, like, and then immediately they started the trace. Which you means know? that they've yeah. been like interested in Sea Tech astronomy for a while. Like they know something's right. up with that. They've um, been onto it a little bit. Yeah. So Sea Tech astronomy is basically just a name that was I somehow think it's associated NSA's with NSA's code word. Is it NSA's code word? Maybe, may, I don't know. Maybe because like I don't it think means, so. I think it means too many. Yeah, secrets. me neither. I don't think that either. So. <laughs> I think that it's like something that's been on the radar and they've been watching it, but they couldn't do anything with it because they've never had anybody break the code or whatever. Um, right. right. So when they mention that, now they're suddenly interested. And that's when we get the voice of James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Which, great. Great. I if like you need how an authoritative they... voice, it's yeah. got to be him. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. He's Darth Vader. He's, uh, you know, he's on Stanlon. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's funny because he's like asking him, he's like, are you interested in Sea Tech astronomy? He's like, I'm interested in all types I'm of astronomy. In all... <laughs> yeah. He's like, do you and have. He's like, cute. Or... He's like, are you somebody that I can... Oh, the other thing is that they they didn't have a polygraph, so they didn't know how to check if, like, the person was lying or not. But Mother, with his, like, <laughs> ties Conspiracy to, ways. Yeah, he's, like, set up <laughs> Trust this... issues. This, like, uh, some kind of graphing machine or whatever, seismograph almost the looking machine. Graphs their inflections. Yeah, he's yeah. like... Doesn't he say he used it on his wife or his ex-wife or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he does say that. Uh, he's like... This will be a pretty good way of telling if they're lying or not. So he's watching that while they're on the phone. The trace is starting. Yeah. So you got another really intense scene where there's like multiple things happening. You got Whistler, who's um, like part of one group and Mother, who's part of another group. And they're all like interacting together while they're on this phone. Mm-hmm. Did anybody yeah. else feel like Lots that's like the longest five seconds that you've ever felt? Yeah. yeah. You know, like you're like five seconds. And I swear it's like 10 seconds of the film. Yeah. You know, he's like, are you somebody I can trust? And he's like, do you have the bot? And he's like, I need to know if I can trust you. And then he's like, yes, you can trust me. And he's like, but she's lying. He's like, yeah. they're going to get us. Hang up the phone. Yep. And he, like, like, right in the, the nick last of time. Yeah. yeah. And you like, as you like are watching them trace the call to San Francisco on, on the screen that Whistler has pulled up. Yeah. Honestly, I was like, what took you so long to hang up the phone? Like, <laughs> Yeah, he was just sitting there. Like, I was like, hang up the phone. <laughs> yeah. You're cutting it way too close. Yeah. I was starting to doubt, like, how can you be so sure that, like, five seconds will be, like, right when you think it's five seconds, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, that was way too close. Yeah. But anyway, um, the next scene is the where they start trying to figure out where the building is, right? Or where they, where he was taken. Yeah. Yeah, so they're like, we need they, that box. Yeah. yeah, or they can't make a deal. Yeah. And again, Whistler so steps like, in. Where, where was it? <laughs> Whistler steps in and he's like, what did it sound like? Oh, yeah, because he's like, do you have any idea where it is? And I don't know. They drive, drove me around in, for hours in a trunk. It could be it could be next door. It could be 50 miles away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then they're like, what did it sound like? Yeah, it sound like, I like, don't know. Sound like, what? And, uh, and they, they don't really buy in until he starts doing the background side, you know, 
yeah mm-hmm. on the keyboard and what's cool is like no, you're no, no. hearing that sound coming out as they are like that's what a road sounds like yeah yeah okay but again it's whistler like yeah seeing things that they can't see because he's blind mm-hmm. you know right. all seeing eye yeah lower it's lower than that and then there was a recurring noise and you like hear that too and you're like concrete. i've heard that before not that I've ever paid attention to it, yeah. but and then like yeah. the thumping that is in the computer as they figured out then turns to the tire on the van hitting the bumps. Yeah, yeah that transition. The road. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, like have you ever been driving from Idaho to Utah mm-hmm. and you just notice like you were paying attention for some the reason you were changes. paying attention yeah. to the, the sound of the road? Yeah, and it changes from as soon Idaho as you cross to Utah. the border it goes from asphalt to concrete. So from asphalt to concrete yeah and it's mm-hmm. a totally different noise and mm-hmm. if you notice it and i'm concrete specifically it's annoying yeah. because there's that like you know yeah and then they're yeah. driving around while whistler is still like trying uh-huh. and then sounds. what did it sound like <laughs> uh-huh. yeah and he's getting like he seems frustrated <laughs> yeah it's rough like like something rough or whatever yeah and, it was it was right near the end a bunch of bumps and he's like okay get off is there a train tracks or something, right? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. But, oh, before they went to the van, um, they're like, there was a fog horn or something. And they're like, oh, yeah, that part's really uh, good, Which too. bridges were fogged in last night, you know? No, no. He, he didn't say there was a fog horn. He's like, we went over a bridge. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, did you hear fog oh, horn? And then they, they asked if you would know. If you think back, you would probably, if you heard what a bridge sounded like, you'd be like, I, that was a bridge, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So then they're like, "Oh, these two bridges were fogged in last night. That leaves this bridge." And like they're all in on it now. Like they've all stood up and they're all interested in it and like, "Hey, we're getting somewhere with this." Yeah. yeah. And it's right. interesting to hear the bridge names. Like I don't know anything about San Francisco, but yeah, those the little bridge details is the first one. I love. <clears throat> yeah. San Mateo. And then San Mateo and Dunbarton. Mhm. And they rule out Golden Gate because it was fogged in. Uh, he didn't hear a foghorn, so that one's out, right? That's mm-hmm. the Golden Gate Bridge is out. And yeah. then how do they rule out the others? Just because of the noise? Oh, maybe. I don't know that we that they... I don't know. They rule out all but two, right? They must have well, driven that, that is two. There are only then... four. That's what I'm saying. How do they rule out the second one? The second one was the bay because he oh. asked if he went through a tunnel. Oh, oh gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, because the Bay Bridge Which, goes yeah. underground. Mm-hmm. Or okay. a second. Oh, I mean, I didn't know that, but yeah, I believe you. Or not, sorry, it doesn't go underground. It goes through the mountain. Okay. Yeah, okay. So then they're in the van. I've driven on all four bridges, and um, I've actually tried to uh, re- be like, oh, this is the one from Sneakers, and then I've never been able to <laughs> pin it yeah, down. It's, that's awesome. San Mateo Dunbarton, one of them. I think yeah. it's the San Mateo yeah. Bridge. One of them is really big, and there's this whole segment where it goes up. Where, you know, it's a fairly high arc, and there's another where it comes down, and it's basically level with the water for a flat stretch. Weird. It's, it's a really interesting segment of the road mm-hmm. network up there. Huh. So yeah. then they get to where he asked yeah. what he heard, what he heard mm-hmm. and he was like, uh, a cocktail party. Like, well, I like – can I go – can we go back, though? I like – so – Whistler's playing the noise of the road in the in Liz's apartment. He's playing it for for um, Marty, right? And then he tells him he heard like seams in the concrete. So then he turns on this thing and he he like slows them apart. And you're hearing that, and then scene transition. You're watching. 
the van drive and you hear the it's like the sound continue mm -hmm. and you're like that's that bridge that's the bridge yeah. you know yeah anyway. so that's probably how they figured out which bridge is by the one that matched the seams in the concrete they probably drove both of them and the speed that you would travel it on, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going like the speed limit. Probably, yeah, because you've got a guy in your trunk. You probably don't want to get pulled over. Yeah. I know whenever speeding. I have a guy in my trunk, I try <laughs> and obey all the rules of the road. I, I find you can at least go six over and you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, then the cocktail actually, party thing, and yeah. he's like, um, take yeah. a left up here. And he's like, there's a cocktail Did you party. Hear like anything else? It sounded like a cocktail party. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, there's a cocktail party at the reservoir. Yeah. He's like, yeah 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 <laughs> you could say that and you hear i like how you it's like it's like it's from whistler's perspective or something like you mm -hmm. see them walking up and you like hear you're it, and first. you're like that does sound like a cocktail party mm -hmm. like that's weird and then it's like slowly like i don't know if it zooms out or if it pans down and then you see you know a All hundreds of geese or <laughs> seagulls or whatever yeah mm -hmm. yeah he's like remember to make you an honorary black or blind man yeah <laughs> Well done, bitch. And then I love that scene where they're all just standing there like, okay, well, where does this go? And they're like, nowhere. It's all private. Like, nowhere. <laughs> private property. Yeah. Private property. As soon as it's not a toy property, company. They're all like, <laughs> they all like look at each other. And then you see them looking at it over Play the hill or whatever. And it's Playtronics. Mm, is this yeah. this huge, imposing building. <laughs> it's like, it's a toy company. It's like, toy company in my eye. Yeah, that's laser fencing. <laughs> yeah, it's got Cosmo written all over it. Mm -hmm. The whole building says "Go away." Yeah, so that's where they start doing the um, like they start monitoring it to see yeah, if the they recon. can figure out where everything is in the building, like with the the camera and the directional microphone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Mother is like monitoring each person that comes out of the building and the light and mm -hmm. uh you got carl who's getting the blueprints for the whole <laughs> the yeah. whole building oh yeah does he get the money from mother's wallet or his mother's wallet from, from mother's, mother's wallet. wallet because mother's, i always thought yeah. it was funny it sounded like he lives with his mother still oh <laughs> oh no no <laughs> no no yeah no <laughs> he's like it's amazing what 50 bucks can get you at the County commissioner's office. And it's like, yeah. not bad. Not Playtronics bad. Corporate headquarters. It's like, it's like where'd you get the money? He's like, I took 50 from Mother's Wallet. It's like, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what they figure out uh, whose office is the one that stays on all night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they also they... hear, like, my voice is my passport verifying me. It sounds like some sort of electronic lock. Yeah, and Whistler can like system. hear all of the frequencies, the buzzing going on. And yeah, he's room. like, yeah. oh, it's he's like it's bulls, it's uh, bursting with ultrasonic. So he knows cosmic yeah. yeah. right away. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. But uh, I like the, when Mother uh, is like, well. yeah, he's like, how can you tell that? And he's like, I can hear the flood batteries recharging. Yeah, the emergency <laughs> flood. <laughs> Uh, awesome. yeah and then they and then, find out so, who warner brandis is yeah yep. which is it's just so clever too i like that we get to see their process and i like that they're not just like these like insane level geniuses they're all skilled at what they do but they're not like i feel like you would see in a movie nowadays where everybody i i think i mentioned this last everybody is like amazing at kung fu and hacking and right it's it's that they're they have had their unique strengths, but then they're flawed. But it's the it's them as a group that is effective. Yeah. And it's not like yeah. anything amazing. It's just like deduction. 
they yeah, they're very two resourceful. Two people left the building, mm-hmm. and, and they're like, trial and error. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, so figure, they figure out, out it's this, that it's Werner. Yeah, and the the guy's most boring. So they steal stuff. his trash and realize that he's most boring human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He does that, nothing out of the ordinary. That, I mean, he he really, his trash. He really does seem like the world's most boring, just from yeah. the sound of his voice. <laughs> well, and when we meet him, like he's off-putting. That's pretty cool. Is it a forerunner? Or is, I thought it was like a Cherokee. No, it's a forerunner. It's a forerunner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should be ashamed of myself. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I was like, well, that's kind of a cool car for such a boring guy. I would expect like. A- I noticed it was cool. I just didn't know what kind of car it was. Okay, I'm sorry. And but what's funny is like is... he is off-putting. Yeah, yeah. He's not like a friendly guy. He's kind of annoying. Like his his freaking license plate says 180 IQ, right? Yeah. So he's he's a little bit self-absorbed, you know, or self-important. <laughs> uh-huh. And I think we all yeah. know people like that. <laughs> yep. They're the Warner Brandises. Oh, I know yeah. so many of them. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. The burden so genius. And they're like trying to figure out like how to how to get to him. And then uh, Liz steps in and she's like, "Guys, this guy's not looking for just an average woman. He's looking for someone refined." Well, because they got they have his and, trash, and it's like the yeah. cleanest trash in the world, like folded up, yeah. uh, completely flattened cereal boxes, Barry Manilow concert tickets. Oh yeah. And like they're trying to uh, suggest people for him to date, and, and Carl's the, like, "Oh yeah, tube she's of buff." Lip, or... <laughs> yeah, because yeah, tube of uh, toothpaste is like completely emptied out. Like, I don't know how you get one that cleaned out. I don't either. But apparently, you just have to be smarter, Josh. <laughs> right? You have to have one eighty IQ. <laughs> He probably like figured out like a tool like with his job working at Playtronics like a some probably. kind of toy with a motor to squeeze. I mean, he it out invented all the, way the or weird something. dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they find the the receipt for the online the computator right mm-hmm. online dating. And they I like how they call it a computer dater. Like yeah. it's not a that's not a thing. But anyway, <laughs> well, it's it's so funny in the context of today, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't like a common thing back then, so you know maybe that's what they called it. Yeah. But it's it is like a novel thing, and so well, yeah, it's I novel just, like, enough that later yeah. Cosmo's like, yeah, wait a second, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're like, <laughs> the computer sent you to him? I don't think so. Yeah. 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 So and they don't they think about asking somebody mother knows? Yeah, and, like mother's ex wife. He's like she, yeah, she considers the work I do juvenile. That's why she divorced me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. they're like Carl then, what about that one girl and I was like, he's like yeah she's buff <laughs> she's buff <laughs> and Liz is like guys then, this guy is not looking for somebody who's buff somebody re- yeah. sophisticated refined and they all look at her like and she's what? like anal and then they look at her <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. she's like what <laughs> cause she oh, she has a nice apartment that's like spotless oh right? yeah thanks and for like, bringing just... trash into mine uh huh, and just the way she like carries herself through the whole movie, I feel like you see it too. When they all look at her, you're like, "Yeah, she's kind of stuck up," you know. Just the way she like walks around, very good posture. She's really nice, but you're like, well, she's she might be the perfect guy for this, the perfect woman for this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like a, a fine arts yeah. teacher, you know, mm-hmm. a music teacher. Yeah, artsy fartsy. Yeah, <clears throat> so. Anyway, they get Warner Brandis a date with Liz. Um, well, and as part of their reconnaissance, um, there is 
information about the system that they learned. I don't They're, remember the exact sequence, but they they know they need uh, you know his voice with certain words to match, and they they have a demo copy that says, "Hi, my name is blank. My voice is my passport. Verify me." Yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. And how do they figure out? Um, oh, it's got it's the. I don't remember how they figure out the system inside of Cosmo's office the but motion it measures temperature system? yeah and um and noise i don't i don't remember how i think it had something and to do with motion, the records right? that they got yeah so and then that's that's fun it's like a mission impossible or something it's like this impregnable impregnable room you know mm-hmm. it's right. the best motion set uh, best motion sensor in the market <laughs> he's like and then then he's like, why me? He's like, you're going to have to be the one that goes in there. And he's like, you're the only one that's been there. And then Kreese yeah. is like, you get all the stuff. <laughs> and he's being totally ironic about it. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're either going to have to raise the temperature of the room or we're going to have to put you in this neoprene seat or suit. Either way, you yeah. can only move this yeah. fast Which or you'll like suffocate bad in. guys with guns. <laughs> you'll but do fine. You'll probably do fine, yeah. <laughs> yeah so and then and then they need um they need warner brandis's voice yeah yeah because of the my voice is my passport and they need his id back Mm -hmm. so so she's having this really awkward date where she's trying to get him to say everything yeah they're staying in the restaurant way too long (laughs) yeah when when she first tried to get him to say yeah. When she first tried to get him to say his name, he said his name with food in his mouth, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel like the restaurant they're in, like, that was his choice, right? Because that totally seems like something he would like. Like, this guy is a dork and a nerd, but I feel like he probably has, like, ten samurai swords in his apartment, too. <laughs> and he's putting eye you drops know? in at the date. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, one of those socially and the, like the music people. is so lame. Like Leroy Brown, it's like badly sung. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. ready to try the dim sum bar? And she's like, Ah, oh, I'm not really hungry yet. He's like, Okay, and then he just goes and gets food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like clearly he does not go on a lot of dates. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm gonna eat if that's okay. You know. Oh <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then. Uh... So she's crossing off all the words on the list that she needs to get him to say so that she can record it. And they're trying she's to leave. And he's like, I think they say. want us to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and and he yeah. like gets up and she like pulls him back down and he's like, sit yeah. down. He's like, no. <laughs> sit down, Warner. Because <laughs> she needs him to say, I feel like most Passport. of it would be really easy. Like, mm-hmm. hi, my name is, my voice is, you know, but... He needs passport and his name, which I'm like, I wish I could have seen how she got him to say his name again after he said it with food in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Right. But she was probably like, passport. what did you say your name was? Because I didn't, I didn't hear it through the food. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. And she's like, I really love the word passport. And he's like, passport? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the worst like of all the of them. sound of this word. Yeah. And then she's passport? like, oh, thanks. And she gives him a kiss on the cheek. And she's like, you know what? I think we really should leave. <laughs> yeah. like, And, he's like, and then he's like, like will you breakfast? have breakfast with me? It's like he... I feel like he's like rehearsed please. this line a million times too. If, if I ever go on a date, Liz, <laughs> would you would you like to have breakfast with me? Oh, sure, sure fine, sure. 
Shall I phone you or nudge you? Yeah. Like, oh, my pretty creepy. Uh, check, please. <laughs> That's so lame. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he thinks he's doing good on the date because she's like holding him and kissing oh, yeah, him of and course. stuff. And she's stuck like, around for oh, hours. No. Well, she goes back to his apartment. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, and she uh, that steals his ID and hands it out the window to mother. his ID. Yep. But that's a second. That's a separate date. Oh, so they did mean? breakfast that's and a... then that. Yeah, because that's in the evening, huh? Oh, really? Well, I don't know if they did well, no. breakfast, but but it's it's a second date because it's when they actually go into Playtronics. That's why. Well, because it's in the well, evening. I thought though, that it was just said, later after the dinner. Yeah, I thought so too. Because I thought she said, uh, "This is my last computer date." Yeah. So it's just late at night. Oh, so I don't. Well, I I don't know. I guess because they they go back then and she's. He's making food. Yeah. I've always thought that eaten. was weird too, but maybe they were still hungry or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe it is a second date. They probably, like, they needed his know. badge, so she would have had to go back. So they probably planned on two dates. But yeah. anyway, so you got Liz with Warner. She stole his ID and handed it out to Mother. And then she's there while they are trying to break into the place. And yeah. Right. There's just and I like really... how bad she seems at what she's doing, by the way, like like any normal human. She's like, it's really hot in here. I think I'm going to open the window. And then two seconds later, okay, it's fine now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like, she's, she's it's, trying just, to... it's just exaggerated enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because you'd probably be freaking out. Like so nervous that you're gonna blow the the whole thing open, you know. Even though this guy probably doesn't suspect anything, he just thinks he's on a date with a babe, mm-hmm. and he's telling her the dumbest information, like how the most nutritious diet is at the bottom of a monkey cage. Wow, wow, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. Like, was anybody the at the door? Yeah, and he's oh, like, yeah, I was I'm sorry about it. the chicken, you know. And yeah, she's like, Oh no, it's <laughs> like fine. He undercooked it. It's just like that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, when I was rewatching it, Kaylee, my wife, for any of our listeners, anyway, my wife walked in and she was like, "Is that?" It was the part where he's showing her the robotic dog. She's like, "Is that supposed to be like cool or impressive?" <laughs> and I was I like, don't I, "I don't think, think so." so. <laughs> <laughs> like like even back then when this like that doesn't it was probably pretty impressive i guess technologically but it's still just it's a lame it's a dumb little robot dog <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he talks to it he's like oh pooch yeah, oh, yeah. Pooch. he even pets it i think <laughs> oh yeah. so i think so he i think it was interesting too he, he mentioned that he did the voice stuff for the dog so does that mean that he was part of the voice security for the building probably oh possibly yeah which would mean that he was like not only familiar with going in and out of the building with the passport and stuff but also like the whole recording of that and stuff so she gets the ID, gives yeah. it to mother, and she's there while they're breaking into Playtronics because it's night, you know, it's mm-hmm. the best time to do it. And he's not in his office. Yeah. That's the other thing is she needs to be there with him to make sure he isn't at his office. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just a- there's I think there's one point during their date that cuts to Marty um, in Cosmo's office. Yeah. Yeah. Because yep. it starts earlier, right? Where they, it first starts with um, Carl. 
Carl, yeah, the gardeners. Yeah, I thought that like, scene was so cool. Flytronics. I thought that yeah. was so funny. So Carl walks yeah, in. Yeah, Carl and was comes like, in. Can I use yeah. your bathroom? Yeah. He's he like, says, yeah, can, can I, I use your John? John? Yeah. <laughs> and so he breaks he in. He has in to there. break in earlier because he has to adjust the temperature of the office to 98.6 yeah. degrees. Like they've got to start it earlier in the day. Yeah. So he goes up into the roof uh, and, you know, gets into the... The crawl space and the ducting, which, by the way, I don't think any ducts actually exist that are that big. Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> uh, well, he's just got to get into the roof to, so that he can get into, like, the elevator shaft and then move to the other areas of the building. Yeah. But, yeah. And, like, I we never actually see Martin what? get into the building, do we? We see him um, go into Warner's office. Well, we yeah. see him walk in, but it's, well, like... Late at night at that point. Yeah. I don't know that the security was really that heavy. Maybe it's like night shift too. They don't recognize every worker that comes in there. Yeah. Well, maybe. But I, think I, we do I thought see it was him funny. Walk in, though. He walks in and like when he gets to that uh like security system there, he goes to play the tape and it's on like second double track, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, double speed. It's like, <laughs> and he's yeah. like oh crap. It's like please speak more slowly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he plays it again and like, like the whole playing oh, of that and the music oh, again yeah. like i thought that was just like a cool transition like hi my name is warner brannis my voice is my passport verify me and then it like yeah. did like a cool like music transition scene right there to like amplify the intensity of it and the fact that he like got in i just thought that was another cool shot where they were very creative mm-hmm yeah, and this is when it all just starts to get really, really intense. <clears throat> like Warner goes from all being the pieces annoying in place to being intimidating. Yeah, really very, quick. yeah, surprisingly intimidating. Mm -hmm. So he gets into Warner's office and he gets in through the duct through Warner's office and like closes back up the duct or he like leaves his briefcase in there and stuff. And then he goes over and opens up the roof of Cosmo's office and he's on like a microphone yeah. thing. And he's like, hey, I found a spot in the corner outside of the sensors. And that's when he like starts his trek across the room at two inches per second per second. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's so intense. And he's like slowly walking across the room. Mm -hmm. I thought it was cool too that Mother that. like got him a tape recorder that was exactly the same or an answering machine. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I got you this so he could practice with it. But then it comes in handy <laughs> as he's taking it with him across the room because he can actually leave it or he has it with him yeah. for later purposes. Um, yeah. Like it, maybe that was his idea to bring it along. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is a pro. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they are skilled at what they do. You got Martin in Cosmo's office and then you got Liz in the, uh, the apartment with Warner. And then you got the other guys in the van on the hill just above Playtronics. And so you got like different scenes going on all at the same time to add to the intensity. But he's slowly making his way across the room and that's when Warner knocks over Liz's bag accidentally and picks it up and sees that her name Because he thinks match. her name is Doris. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's like, oh, Pooch, you've knocked Doris' handbag off. Uh -huh. And then he notices that's not her name. And so when she comes back, he's like, let's go for a drive. <laughs> it's like yeah and it's scary yeah because she's Menacing. like on the phone panicked calling somebody probably the guys to, to make find sure out everything is there. going yeah well uh, yeah mm -hmm. make sure everything's going smoothly and then he just appears behind her yeah and he's like let's go for a drive 
Yeah. And then they're in the car. And so there was like no urgency to him walking across the room slowly. Yeah. You know, it's just like, wow, this is going to take a long time. But all of a sudden, yeah, no, there's that, tension. He's yeah. like, Liz, let's go to my office. How about? Because I, I suspect something's going on. I think it's funny that he thinks there's a plot to to break into his office. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Again, it speaks to his self-importance yeah, and right. what makes him so annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, this is lovely. Can we go back now? And he's like, no, we're almost there. Oh, we're <laughs> almost there, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they're like, Martin, you got to hurry up. It's like, Warner's the one thing that can't do is hurry. Yeah. Uh, but like... And then, then there's the ruckus caused when he doesn't have his badge to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think somebody's trying to break then, into my office. Yeah. Well, and then, like, Cosmo then, was oh, there all passport. of a sudden. I love the word yeah. passport. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. take oh, a look yeah. at his office. Yeah, I'll, that shot. There's another shot for you, Nathan. Where mm-hmm. You just, all of a sudden, back it's like spotlight on the backlit. Yeah. Let's yep. take a look at his office. And they start heading up there, and he's yeah. just got a remote so that he can unlock stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, Marty's trying to get back to the office so he can grab the briefcase and get back up into the duct all as quickly as possible. And, like, just barely as gets, like... As necessary. Yeah. Barely yeah. gets, like, the cover up for the office closed as they open the door. And Warner rushes in, and he's, like, looking. And he's yeah. like, well, everything appears Cosmo's to be here. like, annoyed. Mm-hmm. It's like well, and then uh, ponytail guy is like, "Very sorry, miss. Sorry yeah. to have troubled you." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "We'll call you a cab." And and then she's like, "Thank you, thank you." Like this is my last computer date ever. Like what a nightmare. Which and she says that I've thought about that. Instantly. Yeah, like I've thought Go about ahead. that. And like if you were computer dating, right? You're meeting strangers. I don't think it would actually yeah. be that uncommon to use a different name. That's what I was thinking. Like, why is that, like, so yeah. strange to him, you know? Let like, me figure out if you're a weirdo or a creep first before I tell you my real name. Yeah. It wouldn't be the worst idea. Yeah. So it's like, why but does that, that throw him again, off so much? But Maybe that also speaks to his self-importance. I feel like he's he's waited his whole life for something like this to happen where somebody wants to break into his office. That's true. Because yeah. he's super important. <laughs> why wouldn't <laughs> so, someone want to break into his office? Mm-hmm. Um, Cosmo's reaction. He's, he's, uh, you know, like a companion with her. It is not long before he's like Marty. And then he just starts running to his office. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Cause she's, this is my last computer day. He's like a computer set you guys up. Like, like he, even he's like, this guy's a dweeb. How did he get a date with you? (laughs) Yeah. Uh Which also one of the things from, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say from the earlier scene when Cosmo and um, Martin are reunited, I had made this note that uh, Cosmo is emotionally stunted. He's immature and that makes him threatening. And you really feel it in this scene, mm-hmm. right? When he runs back into the office and he's like, why is it so hot in here? And then yeah. can't find the box. And then he just yells, Marty! Yeah. And then, and then the like whole, all the alarms. All of a sudden it's a military compound. Yeah. <laughs> You got guys like, running through the like halls with guns. Ten guys running through yeah. the <laughs> And immediately, like, like, mother and Crease in the truck on the on the mic, like, it's go time. He's like, you know, Marty, you've got three guys in the second north corridor hallway, you know, like, and they're trying to, like, get him out as quickly as possible. I, I like how they just, like, especially with Crease there, he, I feel like he's pretty ready for this. Yeah. You know? 
Well, and like, an again, assault. these guys aren't perfect at what they do. They're not like yeah. able to do all these things, like you said, with such ease. They're turning into their resourcefulness. They're like their go time. They're trying to figure out how to get out of this situation, yeah. what to do next. Mm-hmm. And then they're cut off because the security guard finds where they tapped into the surveillance system and then just yanks it off. And they're like, "Uh oh. And Marty's yeah. like, so they don't have the video uh-oh. feed anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. then they start don't yelling it. and it's so no. loud. He like covers it up and like moves and he's up inside the duct and it was just and it happens to be buddy yeah that's (laughs) looking for him like slowly walking down the hall with a shotgun Uh like this guy's psycho too he's gonna shoot him with a shotgun (laughs) he can like hear him like the microphone in the ear because they're yelling do you read me (laughs) and and he's like moving around and stuff because like Uh he's trying to cover the ear the microphone in his ear and stuff and that's when he starts shooting up through the ceiling trying to shoot him up in the ceiling and like right before he shoots him you got cosmo on the phone on the um ampla or the megaphone or whatever is like stop shooting yeah on the intercom mm-hmm. stop shooting and then he just starts to try and appeal to marty's i don't know sense of i don't even know what mm-hmm. i don't have the words he's like marty yeah. i know you're in the building and i know you can hear, I know you can hear me yeah and then <laughs> i didn't want it to come to this blah 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 yeah. and then he's like you always got the girl <laughs> again his immaturity yeah. manifesting himself uh-huh yep and he's like guys i'm gonna turn myself in <laughs> And that's when he like opens the roof and Buddy's well, right and he there says, with Carl, a gun. He's like, "Carl, be ready." Yeah, I'm going in. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's because uh, Cosmo and his cronies have Liz. Mm-hmm. Like he's like she's lovely, Marty. You know. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's he is dangerous because obviously like yeah he he's he's emotionally stunted and and maybe he is going to hurt her you don't really know and he doesn't really know this Cosmo you know yeah he hasn't seen him in a long time yeah. and that's like and we know he cares about Liz so you know he's got to go and get he's her like, out they somehow. got Liz yeah yeah guys I'm going in and I love I love River Phoenix's line like his response when he's like Carl did you hear me. Like I'm going in. He's like, yes. <laughs> I don't know why. I just love that. Uh, so then when he pulls. Until, until we started talking about this, I also didn't realize. But like he went in willing to give up the box if it meant savings. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that clicked for me before. But like. Yeah, you're right. Because it doesn't it doesn't mean that much to him. It doesn't really mean anything to him. He doesn't want to use it necessarily. Like. Right. Well, Cosmo he wants to wants trade to it to get it. his freedom back. But. Yeah. That's. He's, He's willing to trade his freedom to keep her alive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You're right. <clears throat> so then he... Pretty honorable. He's in Cosmo's office again with Liz, and he's like, hi. <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hi, how are you? Ah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> now they're jokingly again with each other, even in this serious situation. Uh-huh. And uh, so then he's But it like, doesn't undercut any of the tension or anything, which no. I like. It's just real people. Yeah. Just coping with it the best way that they can. Right. Yeah. And so then he's like, uh, I can't kill my friend or whatever. And he's like, kill yeah, he's my like, friend. Give me the box. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. It's so cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, I thought we had a deal. Because uh, he goes to leave, but his cronies are still standing there happily ready to kill him. You gave me your word. You're right. Kill, kill, kill my friend. And then <laughs> they, they get so, so excited. <laughs> They're just bloodthirsty, these guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why, why do you hate him so much? <laughs> yeah. And Cosmo walks out and he's like, yeah. Carl, now. 
Yeah. He's like, what? Now, Carl. He's like, you're damn right. Because the guy's got it. <laughs> yeah, because he's got the gun pointed to him. He's like, dang right now. Oh. You didn't think I was going to give Levy had this box, did you? Huh? Yeah. And then yeah, Carl Rose jumps Phoenix out of the ceiling. The ceiling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Lands on him. And then Liz picks yep. up the gun. He's like, yeah. stop. And she like shoots the ceiling. She's like, I'm an excellent like, marksman. Woman. <laughs> Woman, yeah. <laughs> and her hand's like shaking. Uh-huh. And, uh, but she, I actually do feel like she might be good at shooting. It's just that it's very tense and she's nervous, you know. <laughs> never been in a situation like that well, before. Yeah, she's close enough that even if she misses one or two times, it's bound to hit him. That's yeah. why he's like, it's like, okay. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. so and then, there was two shots, and I thought that that was interesting, too. Like, Cosmo's not all the way out of the building, obviously, and there's two people in there. And uh, so there was two shots fired for two people that got shot. Cause, like, yeah, that's true. There was the first shot. So it wasn't why. enough to draw him back in. Yeah. yeah. Like the shotgun that's, went that's off true. and then the pistol went off when she shot mm-hmm. like through the ceiling or whatever to let him know that there was she meant business. So there was two shots that mm-hmm. went off. That wouldn't be alarming to Cosmo. He was expecting that. And so then he takes the gun and he's like, knocks the guy out. <laughs> yeah, finally gets his revenge. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Carl, where were you? He's like, that wasn't easy what I just did. <laughs> yeah. And then the music like swells up and it's like, it's it's kind of happy again. It's more it's hopeful. Just, yeah, it's hopeful. Mm-hmm. Like we got to get, get out of the here, roof. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they run out and they're on the roof and they're going down the fire escape elevator or uh, ladder. Uh-huh. And uh, that's when. And then they radio to the team, you know, come and get us. Yeah. They've got the their van parked up on the hill. But they're not responding because the uh, security had found them. And yep. uh, they're like, you too, Midnight. Two, two guards. Yeah. yeah. It's like, step out of the van. He's like, you too, Midnight, to yeah. Crease. And to I was like, Kreese. oh, man, that just I'm like, what makes a his dirt blood bag. boil. He's racist too? Uh-huh. Yeah, and you're you like, just, what the heck? Yep. And he, without, I feel like without even touching upon it in like the dialogue or anything, like I feel like, yeah, he has a temper. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it a little bit. He just He's just stern and he's commanding. And you're like, oh, no. The, yeah. the look in his eyes, it's like the look he gives Carl at the beginning of the movie when he's putting on the face paint. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so then, like, he's like, uh, Whist- Whistler, so, you're going to have to Whistler, drive. Yeah. But, but like, Whistler, when he heard the guards, because he is so much more observant by hearing, like, yeah. he grabbed his headphones and he kind of hid, stayed out of sight, and then yep. was able to reconnect audio, you know, with by, via audio with um, with Martin to update him on the situation. And then Martin's like, you're going to have to drive. And And what amazes me when I watched it this last time is that he's willing to try. Yeah. Like that he actually, Whistler is willing to try. And it really touched me how much trust he had in Martin because of how much trust Martin has put in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll walk you through it. Yeah. And so then there. Climbs back up the ladder, gets on the roof. Yeah. And like in the moment, it plays so like playfully. Uh-huh. But it really, you know, it's the role that Whistler has played throughout the whole movie. Like he's so integral and he's this blind person who otherwise, you know, would be completely overlooked by society. But the fact that like Martin has wholeheartedly embraced and celebrated his strengths and they're not just transactional, but they, they, you know, they're friends and you know, they love each mm. other as a team and all of that. Like, yeah, if you just stop for a second in that scene, it just 
it, it just is like, wow, this is a powerful statement about like how the overlooked can can yeah. make a difference. I don't know. It's really cool. Like it's I don't yeah. think I don't know if it's an intentional theme, but it was something that this last time I was like, that's really cool. I love I, that idea. I yeah. think it's definitely like intentional, just like with the just character work, you know, and yeah. I think, yeah, like I like that we the audience get to like read between the lines and see see this you know whether like you said whether they really intended that or not but like they did uh put that in the character and, and they they care about these character moments and i'm sure it was an it was intentional just like every other time we've seen like these guys humanity and how much they care about each other and like you, you come know? away with like this appreciation for Whistler and his abilities, almost like he's not like not superpowers, but like he's just so much more observant because mm-hmm. of his disabilities that he has that like they're not even disabilities to him anymore because he's mm-hmm. so good at recognizing things now that other people don't. I mean, we wouldn't have like the things that happen in the movie, we wouldn't have them resolve things and figure out things without Whistler. Like right. he's mm-hmm. always come through and helped them to find another way. Like he's optimistic and stuff too about everything like he doesn't give up he just keeps trying and he's like you know that shows his character with his like limitations everybody else is just like what do we do now but he's like well let's figure this out Mm -hmm. you know because he doesn't give up because because he because he has he's had to overcome everything to be able to just function as a blind person Mm -hmm. yeah and and i feel like it would have downplayed his his uh, character and how significant and awesome and lovable his character is if they were like, I don't know, if they if they tried to say it, you know, and he is so good because he's blind, you know, like you just, he is blind and he does awesome things. You're like, man, that guy rocks, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. they don't need to come out and say it. The other thing about this scene that I love, I don't have anything else to add, you know, beyond that, like, kind of subtext part. Mm-hmm. I like the way they film inside the cab so that, like, you see... <laughs> how Whistler is interacting on the uh-huh. inside with this moving vehicle, like it just compa- yeah. it, it conveys the chaos that he's probably experienced. Yeah. yeah, and I like how Crease uh-huh. he can think on his toes. You know, he's adaptable. He notices because of the way they're. The guards have faced these guys with their hands on their head. Mm-hmm. He can see that Whistler is getting, you know, in, in the driver's seat. And that speaks, like, again, to the trust between all these guys. He's not like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't see anything on his face. It's like, Whistler can't drive this van, you know? Uh-huh. He just starts saying, I feel like he's like, I had to leave the CIA. He's like, did I ever tell you why I had to leave the CIA? And he's like, my temper. And then, like, the van starts moving. He grabs the gun and knocks the guy in the face. He's like, "MF or mess with me, I split your head." Yeah, some mother effort in a, in a movie. <laughs> mother is like genuinely shocked. <laughs> He's like, "Whoa!" Yeah, mm-hmm. like uh, Sidney Poitier saying, "Mother effort walked." So that Samuel L. Jackson in every movie he's in could run almost every movie. (laughs) So cut back to... Oh, go ahead. Keep on. I was going to say, now we're back to Whistler driving through the parking lot. Yeah. (laughs) With Martin giving him instructions Uh, from the roof. You're doing fine. You're doing great. And he goes through the gate. Yeah. He knocks a couple cars out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, and then a oh, okay. small downhill, and you're just gonna about twenty, thirty yards, and then you'll stop. Yeah. But no, he's I like left. Right I mean, yeah. I mean, my left. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, good, and I love how good. you get the side shot of the van. You think it's gonna slow down, and then just like, 
just yeah. it's the jumping. <laughs> yeah. Which, how did nobody notice that van barreling through the parking lot, jumping like that? I don't know, but it just adds yeah. so much like to the whole scene. You got this intense scene and stuff, but like they still have the comedy in there. Mm-hmm. Like little bits like that are yeah. just like so awesome. The yeah. whimsiness. And I like to think. Well, are we done talking about this, that part? Sure. <laughs> I'm good. So turns out, so Marty goes to leave the roof after he's, you know, uh, guided Whistler to drive this van down. Oh, I, I guess I would say I, I love the how like excited and proud that Liz and thing? Carl Carl and Liz are for Whistler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so sweet, like you were saying. But yeah, Marty goes to leave the roof now, you know, and and get out of there, and there's Cosmo. And I, I like to think that I don't even know if he would have been tipped off, but just like the fact that Marty is Marty and he always wins, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe I should go back to the roof. Maybe I should see if, if everything is OK, you know, if I've got the box. Just, know, yeah, we don't know how he ends up, up there. We don't. Yeah. So the only thing that I had about this, um, well, I've a couple of quick things, but everything about these characters, we've kind of already said, um, the thing I noticed in this scene, I'm like, why on earth is he not wearing a tie and he's got his shirt buttoned all the way up? It's just <laughs> like, 90s, it just, man. It it's, looks so like... His shoulder pads are like 10 feet wide. Yeah. Did you notice that? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's going for the whole uh, But I don't remember. I, yeah. I, I grew up in the 90s. Nobody wore their shirt buttoned up without a tie on. Uh, maybe at least not in like, do it now prefer not in professional circles you know yeah. so it was like yeah it, it, to, to me it speaks to his his just not quite right yeah. you know yeah thing about it mm-hmm. i feel like he would think that a tie was too it was like for the man you know mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> well and then like again I like i was talking about that extra paper answering machine comes in handy because he hands Cosmo the answering machine and just hopes that he doesn't check it right away and then yeah. starts leaving the roof and Cosmo's still pointing the gun at him and he's like I thought you said you couldn't kill my friend and yeah. he's like I missed on purpose because he does shoot at him but yeah because he, he wants him, him to come and work with him he wants him to do that and that's like his last attempt yeah and you see like that real moment of vulnerability like he's sad he's like begging Marty he's to like stay. don't go because he's lonely like yeah. marty even says he's like that world that you talked about nobody lives there you know mm-hmm. like where you have all this power nobody it's it's not i don't want that nobody wants that yeah it's, it's a lonely place and cosmo and, probably sees that with like his buddies like yeah. martin and all his buddies together and stuff yeah i don't i bet that they he doesn't hang out with wallace yeah and <laughs> the red-headed guy you know outside of work well, mm-hmm. because it's all about transaction and power, uh-huh. with them, you know, where yeah. I don't think he's come to understand that, uh, you know, why Martin is able to have the collegiality does. Yeah. And, and I think like, that's Marty why he lets was, him go, maybe. Yeah. Marty was like his one friend that was like that with him. Mm-hmm. And so he wants him to stay with him. He's like, you're going to if you if you're going to stop me, you're going to have to pull the trigger. And then like he goes down the ladder and that's when he opens the box and finds out. And I love that scene, that camera shot again. Like he looks up and it's like as soon as he realizes that he doesn't have the box, like that spotlight goes over his face and turns the whole screen white and it transitions. It's just like, again, a really cool shot. Yeah. And And I don't know. It just seems like he's like more accepting of the fact that he lost Mm -hmm. or or something like maybe a lesson. 
Yeah, we don't know the beyond at that yeah. point, but it's like he gives up. He can't but, yeah. keep chasing him. Yeah. And so then they show back up at the office and they're all excited and kind of cheering and they turn on the lights and the NSA is there. Oh, before that, there was one light there. They're talking about it. They're like, I think Carl says, I can't believe we just pulled off the greatest heist in history. We can't <laughs> tell anyone about it. And then yeah. mother says, I can't you know believe what tomorrow I can't is believe? Thursday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I wrote that down. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. It's such a funny, stupid little line. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It would otherwise be a throwaway line, but it's just like so perfect. Yeah. And he's like, he's walked ahead of the group and the lights turn on and all of a sudden he's like, oh, you know, hands up. He's got a gun to him. And they're like, freeze. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so then they start bargaining, bar- or bargaining with the NSA and that's when they yeah, realize, hey, this box is only good for spying on other Americans. He's like, I'm sure that yeah. the news would love to hear about this. And they're like, okay, what do you want? And so they start telling all the things that they want. And just like... Not oh. so fast. I want a Winnebago. Yeah. Yeah. Their, li- their list of demands is so good. It, um, it's just so funny. And like, I don't know. It's just such a good way to end the movie. They yeah. just cap it off. Yeah. Carl... Just He's like more I, little character I'm, moments. Yeah, Carl one is the best. Yeah. Well, yeah. so I love is like I love Crease's part though. Yeah. Yeah. We have I never been to have never taken Europe. my wife to Europe, and you will buy me two first or first class round trip tickets to Lisbon, Athens, Madrid, uh, Paris, and, and then Scotland. and Scotland, and then Marty. Don't forget Tahiti and, and Tahiti and Tahiti and. It, Mr. Abbott's there, by the way. Uh-huh. You know, they're, they're, uh, he's James the one they're bargaining Jones. with. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's like, Tahiti is not in Europe. And then Carl, he's like, I think I wrote it down. Uh, Once you get to boxing, give us geography lessons and tell them this man goes to Tahiti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. And, and then, then he agrees. He's like, fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, obviously, Marty wants him to clear his record. Yeah. And then Mother, I want to win a big, I've never had a really cool car. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's like, this isn't a car dealership. Yeah. yeah. This isn't a car dealership, pal. He wants a Winnebago. Fine. All right. Like, Burgundy interior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now this is getting ridiculous. And then it's such a like meta line. Um, Whistler's like, I want peace on earth and goodwill towards all men. And Mr. Abbott's like, we're the U.S. government. We don't do that sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, well, you're just going to have to try. Yeah, his little grin. Yeah. And then I love the way how Carl goes up close to um, Abbott and is like, "Uh, the young lady with the Uzi. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And every successive, like, request, he's just like, this is ridiculous. Like, just give me the box. And then he goes... He's the last one to go, right? Yeah. And Martin's uh, like, I guess except for Liz. Liz. Give him twins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the young lady with the Uzi. Uh, what's her telephone? Uh, oh, and man. I like the exchange. He says, I'm Carl. And she's like, I'm Mary. And then Abbott's like, I'm, I'm going sick. to be sick. Yeah. So <laughs> and I wrote something down with that note. Like, she gives him his number, and I had to go back and write it down. It's 405-273-9164. And I was like, okay, is that one of those fake phone numbers or whatever? And I actually looked it up. No, it's real. Yeah, it's a real number. And uh, somebody like wrote something about it in like one of the online forums or whatever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I read they're like, did they really give out a real number? And I guess it was like a number that they used. And then San Francisco changed their area codes or something like that. Anyway, so now the phone number is actually a real phone number. And <laughs> this one guy 
Uh, oh, so at first when you called that number, it was actually a promo for the movie. When you oh when you, okay when it answered, it was a promo for the movie or whatever. Smart. But then they changed the area code, and now um, it says. I never got a chance to call it. I never really thought to do it. My best friend and I was wondering if it was Mary answering. It's like, that'd have been cool. Hello, my name is Mary. I'm not home right now, but leave a message and I'll return soon. Da, 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 da. But apparently now it's actually somebody's phone number. And it says, I originally took you to a promo recording, but either shortly before or shortly after the film was released in theaters, San Francisco added a new telephone area codes and old area codes were shifted to new ge geographic locations. The area code and sneakers had been reassigned to a private household. And if you called the number as given, you were greeted with an answering machine message of a furious guy yelling at us to beep off and quit calling. <laughs> 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 so there was oh, that many man. people calling it that's so good that's great <laughs> yeah oh that's that's awesome yeah i like yeah i just like he's like i want her telephone number and uh and marty's like carl this is like you could ask for this anything is the brass you ring. want like yeah <laughs> and this is the u.s government ask for something bigger he's like i just want her telephone number yeah. She's all like, you can ask for anything and you just want my number? And, like, uh, I'm Carl and his hair's all messy. Like, yeah, yeah. And Marty's like, I like how he's like, Abby, Abby, how about a double date? You can chaperone. The, the NSA can chaperone, yeah. <laughs> Come on, they'll give, they'll give the NSA twins. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and yeah. then Liz, just classic oh, Lizzie. No, what about you? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. He's like, all right, now can I have the black box? And he gives it to him. He's like, you realize it doesn't work? And he's like... That's okay. The important thing is this never happened. You don't know anything yeah, about that this. Doesn't matter. And he's like, never okay. Spoke. So then they leave. I never saw. He's it. like, you've never seen this box. Yeah. Or, you know. He's like, I've never seen it. Yeah. yeah. Like you just told him that it doesn't work. All they're gonna do is plug it in, and he like holds up the chip that he stole from it. Yeah. And he's like, no, they won't. Not yeah. about this. <laughs> and then the ending scene is like a callback <laughs> to the original prank that him and Cosmo were doing at the start mm -hmm. of the movie. They like went in and shifted funds from like the Republican Party to or like the to funds the for the Republican Party marijuana. were Yeah, were broke or something like that, but then there was record yeah. earnings for the Black Panther or the legalized yeah. marijuana or something like that. And like Greenpeace and stuff. Yeah. And then it just ends and with like, that. There was plenty of money in our accounts yesterday, but there wasn't any today. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, just cut to credits. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, this is like a key, this is like a core memory for me. I remember, I think it was me and Taylor both had never seen it. And it was like, I think it was like around Christmas time. That's why we were all like together. We were at mom and dad's, uh, us and dad, mm -hmm. when we watched the movie. You guys showed it to me and Taylor. And there at the end, it like cuts to credits and the music plays the boo doo 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 Dude. and i was just like grinning from ear to ear it was just like i was so happy it was just such a it's just such a good movie it's yeah. just it's so fun and funny and like i don't even i can't even describe how happy that like that music makes me when i hear that and it makes me <laughs> smile every time yep. yeah and we i yeah, feel bad that we didn't like show the movie to you guys sooner because it was such a good movie for us and like yeah. we didn't realize that you and taylor hadn't seen it yet and so like yeah i mean yeah to be fair like i could have watched it it was on mom and dad's like movie shelf i didn't know what it was i just saw like sneakers and i was like that sounds like some lame old movie mm -hmm. i will say that 
I I feel like I do vaguely remember watching a movie when I was really young where like there was this weird mob boss guy with a really like aesthetically dark and mysterious office talks to this guy about crashing the system. So I might have seen it when I was much younger, but I thought I thought his office or he had some lair on like a private jet for some reason. So I really don't know, but uh, that was the only memory I have of what might have been that movie. But it doesn't matter because watching it with all of us and Dad, it was just like it was so fun. Mm-hmm. And, and we, to this day, I just remains we one of my all just like favorite movies. Yeah, same, yeah. and we were all just like reveling in, in in how great this movie was. Like everybody, I knew that everybody in the room just was had it's just as much fun watching it as I did. And it was just like we, it's just fun sharing in something that you love with somebody else. It's just ah, oh, that was so good, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then to watch so, it again before this and like look for particular things that just make the movie great like it opened up my eyes to yeah. so much more with the movie and it just yeah, made it yeah. that much better it, it it did not it did not diminish my enjoyment of it it, it enhanced it yeah yep it really did uh, final thoughts guys um final thoughts are that like I, I love what this movie set up for caper movies like i know yeah. it wasn't the first caper movie but like to me it just gave me an appreciation for really good storytelling and character development in movies and uh, you don't need a huge budget with like tons of special effects to make a really great movie and like this is a movie that i constantly come back to where i'm thinking like oh it just had such a great story and such great characters like it didn't need anything else like that was it and i think that's why it's timeless like you can watch it over and over again even with old technology and stuff like you can watch it over and over again and every time music all that just make it like almost the perfect movie to me because it's got everything that you can want in it it's got a little bit of like drama it's got a suspense it's got action it's got humor it's like just it it can't be classified into one genre like Mm -hmm. a movie because of everything that it has in it and like it's sad like after watching that movie to see like carl like river phoenix um like knowing that he passed away and stuff like he was such a good actor and that we won't see many like any more movies after his death like it just is kind of sad because of like how much you love his character in it Mm -hmm. and it was just like one of those movies that made robert redford one of my favorite actors like that and jeremiah johnson and butch cassidy and all that like he is one of my all-time favorite actors and it's probably large part due to this movie and so it's just it's a great movie and it's going to be one that I continue to watch forever. 100%. 100% agree. I don't have much to add to that. Um, the, the music for this is fantastic. It just, some of the most emotionally, uh, just, just I, it, we, we should probably make some note <laughs> about all our future episodes that spoilers are ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I still hope if somebody hasn't seen the movie and somehow they listen to this, that yeah. they'll go and watch it because it is phenomenal. Yeah. It is yeah. just and it's it's not just amazing in its own right. It's it's a, a rare species of film today. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the movies that we've kind of selected for our list will fit this criteria, but it's it's this like mid to low budget movie by comparison that just 
is in a class all by itself. And mm-hmm. you don't, it, it's rare to come across a movie in 2023 that's new, that is a mid-budget movie, that do, doesn't try to be too ambitious in terms of like its audience or whatever, but just wants to tell its own story really well. And this this is like, to me, the gold standard for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 a caper movie, but it's like what all other caper movies aspire to be. Like it's, <clears throat> I would say it's a perfect movie, honestly. Yeah. Well, I think that pretty much concludes the movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen it? Go and watch it. Hopefully, you've seen it before you listen to this podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, you made it through all I don't know, like three hours of this. <laughs> <laughs> the next one hopefully will be shorter. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us. And remember, try and love movies again. Are you watching closely? Good morning. Hi, how are you? Shall we play again? Even though you've been raised as a human being, you are not one of them. The scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. What I'm about to do, it doesn't make any sense. It's not logical. It is a gut feeling. There's the next mission. Because you're the son of a clerk! Nothing else. I'm not supposed to want to be you. You're stupid. Enough does not simply walk into more problem solving. You should save the good things in life. More of a problem eliminator. I gotta get my tool. Come on, man. We were just about to get along. They stabbed it, didn't they? The uh, arrangement... Those damn Gideons. It's changing. Watch it up, now. What are you drawing about? It's changing. The moment there, I was already forgetting your name. You start down this path, where does it end? My logic is undeniable. As a matter of fact, there is no arrangement. It ends when we've won. There's things in here don't react too well to watch. I didn't kill my wife! We're using our own satellites against us. I don't care! The clock is ticking. I may not make an honest buck, but I'm 100% American. And I don't work for no two-bit Nazi. He's my son! I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'm the commander! Damn! Trinity! Happy birthday, kid. That wasn't Joe Dear Jay. Beautiful. Like I'll try and church. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I only know what I can do. Do you really want to jump? Do you want a Coliseum? Well, that's fine. Oh, you should see the Coliseum, Spaniard. Perfect. Do it again. Or tumble. Oh, you wouldn't be interested in that. Hey man, I thought you were from Get in the car, man! We're home free now. Now we have to hope they never met. Hope is not a strategy. You must be new. Serious. You're fly apart. Fly apart then. We don't come back from this. That's a general idea. I thought a guy with a flare gun. Cool. It's not possible. No. It's necessary. I knew it. I just like coke. No. Yeah. Dodge this. What are you doing? Knocking. Why don't you tell me why I should keep driving? Sorry. 
that's for you to figure out. I just hope when you do, that I'm there to see it. Tell Catherine this brought me luck. I will. I'll be seeing you around. We'll play again sometime. Dr. Jackson? So, you're adventurous on the boat, right? Oh, no. I never said thank you. And you'll never have to. Indiana. Your future hasn't been written yet to make it a good one. Both of you.